0: All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to pause.
1: Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm.
0: Street Fighters, glad you're here, it's Sunday night, time for a street fight, we're taking your calls in the studio here at WCRS-FM 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270, coming to you live out of the Free Press Studios, we are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network, broadcasting across the flat earth, the non-hierarchical one, at WCRSFM.org. You just click on that stream link right on the left side of the page. It'll load up. You can listen to the show however you like. If you want to call in and share a story about military rec- recruitment, DARE, or a small business tyrant, the number is 614-412-5252. We do the show every single Sunday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to get on the show, start calling at about 1030. That's when the queue really fills up. We will try to get to all the calls that we can, um, but we just might not be able to. Uh, If you get cut off, let us know, and we'll try to get you on next week. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quimby. We are Street Fight Radio. We've been doing this now for seven years on the radio, and we are going to keep going until we are on the other side of the ground. We're going to keep spreading this dissent and disruption uh, against... The world that we live in and the way things are, I'm not happy with it. I wake up a mess about it, completely gobsmacked at the way the world is. So we're trying to make it a better place, and we're talking to all y'all out there doing the regular work uh, every single day to make it happen. And we want to know what's up with you and your world. So thank you for being here. If you want more, go to patreon.com slash radio for our bonus shows just had one come out with Kush Bomb from the Chapo Trap House podcast and uh right now no live shows are are planned but we have them on the
1: way. We're working on them. Thank you for being here. Yeah, no live shows right now but we are itching. I can tell you people out there right now that are like, "When are the Street Fight Boys going to do a live show?" It's happening soon. We're both itchy boys yeah I
0: definitely would need to. Uh, we were going to do we were supposed to do the podcast festival here in Columbus. We ah. were invited, but then they just didn't follow through and once again snubbed us again to bring in some fucking McElroys to do podcasting, even though they ain't from Columbus.
1: Put us on the list of most snubbed podcast most disrespected podcast, maybe in the United States, but definitely in Columbus, Ohio. The I would say
0: Columbus podcasting Festival is this weekend. And the number one anarcho-comedy show on any station across the nation is not involved.
1: We deserve it, bro. Doesn't make any sense. We deserve this. You know, it's like, what couple of pieces of crap we are. We deserve it because we're pieces of crap? I'm kidding. No, we deserve not to be Because we inspire.
0: Everybody's a piece of crap, and that's who we inspire. So that makes us way bigger then whatever they got going on over at the Columbus Podcast Festival that's fine you know uh don't invite us next year <laughs> for sure next year we're planning a show that same day <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this Brian uh, look uh, we are we are people call us the nice they call us nice guys but we are also monsters to tell you that, like both of us are in our minds we're still secretly like horrible monsters and we can uh if you, if you cross us, we will stomp you.
0: Yeah, I uh, I mean, I understand that you're trying to put an event on, and you just want to get some people. And last year, a lot of listeners, we didn't do anything. We weren't aggressive about it. A lot of listeners were like, hey, why isn't Street Fight involved with this thing?
1: They might have. Can I just break in here a little bit? They might have known that we weren't invited to it because we told them. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Maybe. I mean, it was just – we. and maybe when we told them, we might have said – this podcast only has 22 Twitter, this podcast festival only has 22 Twitter followers. I think we could, they, we could maybe help them.
0: Sure. It would be a big get for the Columbus podcast festival. Uh, we would be the crown jewel considering we are from Columbus, Ohio and we rep it so hard. They're going to go on stage and just talk about triangle pizza and how they wish they could leave the Midwest.
1: Thank you, Brett. That is, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's what they're going to do. No, they're just, I I mean, I, listen, We wanted to do it. Listen, I did. I'll be vulnerable and say I did. Let me not be vulnerable and, and tell you exactly what happened here. There was a Columbus podcast festival last year. They booked it and then they listed the podcast and we were never asked. And it bothered me and uh i didn't want to do it really it wasn't something that i was itching to do i wasn't like excited to be on the same bill as the fart cast you, you know were annoyed that the
0: fart cast
1: though got invited that annoyed me yeah i'm, I'm gonna be completely totally honest with you and say that the fart cast irritated me <laughs> that i'm not on there and and so like then it irritated me and it started to work up in my mind now here's the thing tickets are like 30 bucks for this thing maybe even more now and We don't want to charge that much for people to see us. You know what I mean? So, like, I didn't tech. I probably didn't really want to be on it because I didn't want to, like, my, I didn't want our listeners to be like, oh, well, we'll get to go see them and then look up the ticket price and be like, what the fuck? You know, there's nothing else here for us. So I get it. Whatever. Honestly. The main reason I want to do it is because they do it on the Short North stage, which is like a theater type setting. And I always have wanted to do a show in a theater.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to do here.
1: But listen, listen, we will do a show in the th- in a theater. It's not that's not something that's I mean, even no. if it's us and Chapo, we're going to do a show in a theater sometime. That's not like a thing that is out of our grasp or anything. And we're going to be OK. I would have just liked to have done that. This theater this sure. time. Well, I mean, if the Columbus
0: Podcast Festival wants to sell Casper mattresses, that's a great reason to bring on the McElroys and anyone from the Maximum Fun Network. If they want to offload some Five Four Club clothing or maybe some Wink, you know, they want to get those kind of sponsorships and people involved with the the uh, the festival. So they're probably looking, you know, to get some MeUndies money.
1: Oh yeah, we don't bring in the MeUndies money. That is an issue. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't sell you a Stamps.com. I went into collections with Stamps.com.
1: Yeah, that was one of the very early street fight things. Is Well, we would, but they we owe them money. And if we call attention to ourselves, then we're fucked, right?
0: Yeah, they're going to throw me in debtor's prison.
1: Look, I looked at it. We are definitely not going to be there. We thought we were going to be there. We even may have said on the radio we were going to be there at some point which then they made us look like fools and now I hate them. Yeah. Now it's a blood feud and now I just want to book I want to book a podcast at the place next door and just do my show.
0: So now all we have to do, we have to get To like a Today Show level of podcasting and then host a podcast festival, which is just us for like six hours. And maybe the podcast that we like. We'll bring in all the podcasts we like for one festival and run opposite to the Columbus Podcast Festival.
1: (laughs) Next year. Coming next year, the Street Fight Podcast Festival, which happens on the same street as the Columbus Podcast Festival, but has better podcasts.
0: It happens uh, with a bullhorn in front of the Columbus Podcast Festival.
1: Man, I just real. I hate getting yelled at. I, I mean, I hate getting uh, dissed. I hate. Um, I hate.
0: I was say I hate. I got yelled at too.
1: Who'd you get yelled at by?
0: Few people this week did not like some of the articles and things that I shared on the social media. Brett Payne, which is fine. I'm actually. I don't share stuff that I hard agree with. It's just something to talk about. I'm not going to give you Donald Trump news. I'm. You're never going to get Donald Trump news. You're not going to get any Mueller updates. I just find shit where people say something crazy, and I like to hear what our listeners say because I don't know anything about it. But I get these responses that are like, huh, you think you guys are anarchists and this liberal bullshit that you're sharing? And it's like, it's, I'm glad to know that you think it's liberal bullshit. That's fine. That's, I mean, that you're educating me, buddy. So I do have to say from this point on, instead of commenting or replying to the street fight feed you are way more anarchist than we are like i'm not a real one you are the real one and you get to decide and you don't have to bother commenting so that saves us both time
1: brett brett sits down every every day and he looks up news articles and he puts his earbuds in and he listens to that song. Let's give him something to talk about. And he's just like, let's do this. Let's
0: talk about Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump.
1: And uh, that's what he does, man. And, and now his feelings are hurt. See, now you've hurt his feelings with your critique.
0: Oh, you want to get it? You, can I tell you what the issue was? Which oh, I wow. agree with. I actually agree with them. I shared an article where they referred to incels as terrorists. And this person was led to believe that by spreading an article that has the word terrorist for incels invites government to target and attack incels with all of their alphabet soup organizations. And that I was it. I was feeding into a neoliberal agenda to get more people into privatized federal prisons or something. Oh, well, no, we don't want anybody in prison.
1: We've repeatedly stated that.
0: But do you have a heart as a real anarchist? I'm just the fake aren't anarchist on this show. But whoa, as whoa, a real whoa. anarchist.
1: Whoa, I'm also a fake anarchist. <laughs>
0: so do you would you never share a story where they refer to someone as terrorists?
1: I don't listen. I don't like referring to people as terrorists. Geeks. And I wouldn't do that. It's but- not the real world though. that's fine i'm not yelling at you if i was mad about it i'd start doing this shit i'd start doing it but uh, i I like how you do it
0: i understand that though i do understand the the issue if someone says that it's like sure i agree with you but there was like a million other things in there besides when they said they were terrorists when they did terrorism you know
1: yeah yeah that's i hey look not everything is gonna be a, a hit no i
0: don't expect that i just got like i just the extremes that people go to real quick sometimes it just really is like calm down calm down this isn't something i we're not like deciding the fate of the world right now we're just tweeting
1: yeah yeah you're right man i'm with you you don't have to worry about it i agree with you i would not call them terrorists brett wants to throw all the brett wants to label everybody a terrorist and throw them in prison But I don't. I'm like, no, Brett. That's the kind of balance you get on this show. I'm always telling them when we go out, like, uh, I'm always telling them when we go out, like, stop fucking trying to get people thrown in prison. But Brett's like, fuck these people, man. We got to throw them all in prison. Everybody's
0: terrorizing me.
1: Shit. Okay. Well, sorry. Uh, But yeah, I fucking sorry that happened, man. What a pain in the butt week. My weekend was uh, fun. I mostly hung out with Brett. Which is, except for the time I went to the grocery store and somebody told me he loved Street Fight. And I was like, oh, Brett would have loved to have been here. But then I have this weird complex now that if we get recognized in public together on a day where we're not doing radio, people will think we're the weirdest people. (laughs) Like (laughs) today, I'm buddies. (laughs) <laughs> I went to the grocery store today, and because that happened yesterday, I was wearing the old everybody hit shirt the the old everybody. Oh, you hit, were dressing Street up to be Choppo seen shirt. And as soon as I, well, I wear it to bed a lot. And as soon as I go to walk into the store, I'm like, oh no, what if somebody sees me? And they're like, y- y- you just wear your own shirts to walk around town yeah, in. Is pretty that proud doing? guy, you huh? I guess you love your shit, huh? I never know. Like, I, I'm always just like. It feels like there are no fans in Columbus, especially since everybody disrespects us all the time. Well, and, one uh, of us,
0: one of them dropped some delicious potato chip cookies on our doorstep, which I'm very excited about for next Christmas. You started a tradition, Elizabeth, just so you know, that rules. <laughs> those are good. I like those potato chip cookies. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love all the listeners from Columbus. I just feel like everybody else here hates us, which is why the listeners love us so much. And uh I'd love to be recognized. It's great. I like it when I'm taking my rambles around town and people just yell street fight out of their car at me. It scares me. Actually, it doesn't scare me because I've gotten used to it now because it does happen about every two, three weeks or so. Somebody goes, street fight or murder Brian. It scares the shit out of my wife every single time. And then she'll look at me and she'll do this like smile. Like, yeah. That's cool. and Yeah. is like, oh, yeah, it's, it's fucking never going to get old. I don't think that's what, like, you see, I, I see like the, the George Clooney's and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, people bothering me out on the street all the time. I'm like, I fucking wish people bothered me out on the street you, all the time. <laughs> you couldn't
0: handle a George Clooney level of bothering.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. What did I watch recent? I watched a thing recently. Oh shit. I know what it was. I think I was watching that John Claude Van Damme show. Uh, it's called uh jace i don't remember what the movie john claude van johnson is oh what it's called. i haven't seen it and it's a comedy show about van damme and he's sitting at dinner and somebody is just standing at his table while he's sitting there with somebody having a conversation and they just won't leave and the same thing in uh the Gianni versace show uh there was a scene where andrew cunanan the the killer was, like, so, so like, Gianni Versace sitting on a, a couch in a VIP section of a club. And, uh, you know, the thing I've learned since I started doing this is there's really no such thing as a VIP section. Anybody can kind of get in there. Oh, no, no,
0: no. Yeah, I mean, it's Anyone just. Anyone
1: with the guts to just walk in can get in.
0: No, well, it's usually also the money. It's just money. You're yeah. very important if you will pay $150 for a bottle of liquor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, like, when we do, like, green room stuff. I'm a, when, whenever we have a green room, I'm, I would never kick somebody out. You know what I mean? So it's always like there <laughs> would be 50 people in there, and I'd be like – well, these are all friends, right? It's, we're all friends here. Like when we're in New York, the green room at Littlefield is like the tiniest place and there's never anywhere to sit. And it's just like, i eh, fine. I don't care. And it just, all it takes is yeah. just having the guts to walk into the area. But so but it,
0: VIP in the club though, that's a way to make money off yeah, of people. That's true. That's not like a, there's nothing private about it. You want to be seen and you're paying for that. That's just a status
1: thing. So anyway, there's a seed where Versace sitting on a couch, talking to somebody There's, like, a coffee table in front of him, sort of, and this dude is standing on the other side of the coffee table, and he's, like, having a conversation about himself to Gianni Versace, and Versace's kind of, like, doing that thing where he'll stop talking to the person next to him, and then look at the guy, and be like, oh, yes, that's, yeah, that's cool. Sure. turn and look the other way, and the dude just doesn't stop talking, and uh, it... I wanted to hide under my bed because like that's kind of a nightmare thing for me. That's something I couldn't understand, you know, but I don't also don't under like I don't under like people who are like really comfortable around a George Clooney or something. They blow my mind every time you know are you serious yeah because i don't want to give that fucker any sort of extra credit buddy i don't either but i feel like you have like i i would i i'm nervous around them you know what i mean like i remember when i met the guitar player for the deftones uh i was so nervous and we were kind of talking to him and i like wanted to say something really funny but i like couldn't I was just in that moment, was like, I'm talking to the guitar player for the Deftones. You know what I mean? And I couldn't say anything funny. He's like, any of y'all got to smoke? And I fucking, so fast, like, Johnny Quick cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I gave him a cigarette. So for the rest of the day, all my friends were like, yeah, we had a cool conversation with Stephen Carpenter from the Deftones. And I was like, I gave him a cigarette. Yeah. I'm afraid of people. It's I'm weird. I wanted to meet Brian Cage in New Orleans and I wouldn't go talk to him. So it's just who I am.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know. I think that I don't have that issue cuz I don't walk for 4 hours a day. But it is something that I do understand where people are listening to me all the time and you know like man the the hardest cry I've had in the longest time was when Combat Jack died. Seriously, because I listened to him every single week. And, uh, you know, those people in your ear become a part of your fucking life. They kind of stabilize things for you, you know, wait, there's going to be a new podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something to look forward to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It, I, so, yeah, we, we did, I mean, we did Mexican food yesterday, but we also explained to my wife how that's racist a little bit. I mean, you're allowed to I eat didn't. the food. I did. And then, uh, she
0: told us that you kind of were ruining it for everybody. Like, there's some Becky's over on Park Street. They're gonna be wearing sombreros tomorrow. Ain't that a damn shame?
1: I did. I did. I can't help it, dude. Like uh, once I understood how offensive it is, I just was really bummed about it. Like I was just kind of like, ah oh, man, people are bummed about it. I'm now I'm bummed about it, and it just, you know, I guess uh, I guess I ruined it. I didn't really ruin it. She still no. Had fun. We had we had we fucking made Mexican food <laughs> and drank Mexican drinks. Yeah, like she,
0: you didn't ruin anything.
1: Yeah, but I did say it. And then when she, you know, what was funny about it, though? I'll, before we go to the calls, I'll say this. He uh, before we go to the calls, I did say she did say you ruin everything. And I was like, I don't ruin anything. Racists ruin everything. That's true. <laughs> I'm not going to let people say I'm ruining stuff when it's racist that caused it to happen. You yeah, know? if
0: people weren't, like, racist or misogynist, then there wouldn't be really any of these things that we remind
1: people of. Yes! I wouldn't have any ammunition. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the thing, man. I'm sorry. I I, I didn't mean to—I don't mean to ruin things. And Brett and I have always talked about that, like, delicate dance you do when 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 people— when you're trying to be normal and like have like a, a normal thing, but you also know all the dirty, bad shit about the things, right? Like people that are into NPR, and you're like, well, like Brett has Brett and I have had this conversation a million times with people who are into NPR. It's like, it's like, actually not like really good for the discourse or whatever it it's bad. And you start talking, it's not helpful
0: to have someone on there as a climate change denier because they represent such a small opinion that that doesn't even, that's not the conversation we need to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, also actually I wanted to piggyback this because after wrath of Angelo called last week, I was thinking about it more and more and, You know, in reality, the Republicans and Democrats make the most sense for people to align with. Everything in this world is set up in a Republican and Democrat narrative. So, you know, you can't really hold it against people for falling into that because everything is working to push them into either of those two camps. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Like, that's why you can't just say, like, I know this and you're a fucking moron or you're too blind to see and all that because – everything is working against this type of stuff that we say we're such a f- you have to remember how much of a small minority of people that think the way that we do you know it it it's it's not like to admit defeat but it's just to have a little bit of acknowledgement of where we're at when it comes to talking to other folks that maybe haven't heard somebody say you know what? I actually give a shit about the people that are dying from the opioid epidemic. You know, they're like, "Ooh, that's refreshing. <laughs> I've only heard shoot the heroin dealer or take away the Narcan. So that's an interesting concept, you know? Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, everything is geared to that. There's, take away the
1: Narcan. You're killing me with that because that they is did that like in Ohio. the most real thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, well, there's a, it's a budget issue. It's no longer a health issue. It's a budget issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. And it's it was actually the sheriff. It was actually the sheriff. One of those southern places that stopped doing the Narcan on people.
1: Oh yeah, it was a small town, which is just as bad because there's a lot of heroin people in small towns. So uh, yeah, I I uh, I'm a really rough time lately with the uh, opioid epidemic because of all the crackdowns. We got a little tip from somebody earlier last week about CBD, and it's just like. And I'm, like, trying to get my Kratom, and it's just harder and harder oh, no, I'm getting emails. Harder. Amazon
0: Pay has shut down every single Kratom distributor. I'm getting emails from all the places that I'm on their email list, and they're like, well, we had a good run with Amazon Pay, yeah. but we can no longer accept that. If you want, you know. I'm on an e-check situation Exactly. E-check is, is the way to get it.
1: It's taking three days for the check to clear. And then three days for it to get to my house. And I'm like, God damn, man. This government is fucked. I hate it. I hate this government, Brett. I hate it.
0: Well, I'm in, I mean, I can no longer send Kratom through the mail, even to the legal places when it comes to, like, the international orders. I used to send Kratom to Canada all the time, but now the, the price has gone through the roof. You can't send anything except for religious pamphlets, which is what the street fight zine is.
1: It is religious. I mean, I'm pretty religious.
0: You know, It's my religion.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it is our religion for sure Uh, Well, I guess we can hit the phones, right?
0: Yeah, let's see who's on the airwaves tonight Who's calling Who's on the airwaves,
1: baby? Who's cruising the information superhighway?
0: Thank you for calling Street Fight Who are we talking to? Hey,
2: this is Garrett from Kansas
1: Garrett from Kansas?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I live in Kansas City
1: Oh, what's up? How are you? Which one, Louis or uh, sorry, Louisiana? I'm a fucking idiot. The, uh, the Missouri <laughs> one or the or the Kansas one? Am I right about that? Which I one do on, you live in? I live on
2: the Kansas
1: one. The I real one. Spent a whole summer there, man. Spent a whole not in Kansas City, oh, yeah. Kansas. I spent a whole summer in Wichita. If you've ever been there.
2: I actually have not. I'm not really originally from here. I just live here. But it, it's a good place. I like it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. good.
1: It sounded like a tough break when you said, I'm not originally from here, but I ended up in Kansas. But now that you say it, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I mean, I've heard that there's really cool joints in Kansas. And Kansas used to be super liberal. You know what I mean? It's super left. <laughs> yeah, not liberal. So Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, we are also the origin of racist housing policies, so there's some give and take there.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, but any there's nowhere that you can look where there weren't racist housing policy. I know that you guys started it or whatever, but like it wasn't like all the other states weren't quick to jump on that
2: trend, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying, don't take that away from us. We're we're really good at that.
1: <laughs> somebody actually, a funny thing about that is that somebody once told me, so I live in a neighborhood that's kind of a, uh, the school district is like this really crazy drawn line. And uh, somebody told me that the reason it's like, so basically there's a house next door to the high school that doesn't go. this If your kid lived there, you wouldn't go to that high school, the house directly <laughs> next door to the high school. Okay. And uh, somebody told um, me that was drawn to to uh, separate the Italians and the Irish. Like that's why the lines are drawn <laughs> like that because they were just like these fucking Italians and Irish people can't live together. So my driveway is this neighborhood, and my house is a different neighborhood.
0: Yeah, and you live you live. Oh, your buddy, yeah. you're, you also. This is just a classic. You live on the other side of a train track, like on the good side of the train track, like you're butted up against it. And this was all designed to be a white supremacy thing from the beginning.
1: Oh, right. You do, You have that. I do right? too. Yeah. Like you're, you're like Brett. Literally lives on the good side of the train tracks, <laughs> one less than a quarter mile from the train tracks, and you can actually <laughs> walk to see where those where those racist housing policies <laughs> got started. So what's going on tonight, man?
2: Uh, not too much. I've been uh, drinking some grapefruit flavored tequila, which I have to be honest is not great. But <laughs> okay, thank safe you for, for that evening. Nonetheless. I wasn't excited
0: <laughs> when, I, when I heard grapefruit. That's one of my fave flavors. But then when you said tequila, I'm like, I gotta get out of that situation. <laughs> grapefruit gin. Yeah, no. Grapefruit gin is it's a great. That does
2: not quite. work. You don't want grapefruit flavored gin. I feel like that'd be worse.
1: Oh, like, I love gin. Is the only thing I like. Like if I started drinking again, I'd be a gin boy. I'd be like the gin blossom they you would call me. Know, it's, it's a lot. You know, it's a
2: vodka floral. with leaves in it. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like you just have vodka and you put pine needles in it you just want it to taste more like a tree. That elderberry not really dude. On
0: that's flavor, dude. That's <laughs> called flavor, okay? That vodka shit is just water. We get flavor from this gin. <laughs> Yeah, gin is a tough okay. one because that's all. That's like just a holdover from when you could really only get booze that was made from like shit you could find. So people are like, oh, "This is what <laughs> we drink all the time. We got gin. That's the best we can do." But it it, it hasn't made a re, it hasn't like uh, made a comeback. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I've heard that it is making a comeback, and I'm rooting against it. Sorry.
0: It's a tough one. I mean, I takes a it takes a real refined taste to get into it. But uh, I respect it. I mean, I like, any of, okay. I like any of the floral flavors because you don't know what you're going to get every single time. I like how it's not like a standard flavor the way that like ho- high fructose corn syrup is, you know?
1: Oh, I love high fructose yeah. corn syrup, though. That's one of my favorite flavors.
0: <laughs> I was looking at your gummy worms that you've been complaining about, and the main flavor is white grape juice. They're just white grape juice and sugar and gelatin. That's your gummy worms that you're eating.
1: I'm not complaining. I love flavor. them. It's I love flavor. gummy bears, number one, and worms. My wife likes worms more, so we keep we keep worms in the house, house. Divided, yeah. I like bears, and I like the twelve flavor ones. But again, it's not twelve flavors. It is. It's one flavor. No,
0: Albanese no takes the time to make different flavors. I'm gonna have to see them
1: make it. I'm gonna have to watch them. You've been to the factory. Them. They did I didn't. They didn't show me. You could buy all the individual flavors that you wanted.
0: Pineapple, blue raspberry, green apple—all of the fi- the best ones were there. Pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're all. It tastes like gummy, dude. You buy the cheap shit. That's why. Because you, you only
1: pay more. You don't. You only pay ninety nine cents for your gummies. One dollar. Thank you. One whole dollar. Okay. And they're my wife's favorite gummies. So I mean, I don't love them, but I'm not paying three dollars for gummy bears. It's just not going to happen.
0: Your wife's gummy palette is a
1: you know is all the it's same skewed. flavor. It's not all the same play All gummies are the same flavor. That flavor is gummy. Uh, so what's going on tonight in Kansas? Gummy can be artisanal. Uh,
2: not too much. I uh, I was calling in about a work thing I wanted to talk about.
1: Nice. Let's go. So, Let's do uh,
2: it. Yeah. So I work at a company where I'm at the manager team lead level, right? Ooh, that's Which tough. Which should position. mean. <laughs> It should mean I don't I actually have no idea what it should mean because I'm pretty sure it's supposed to mean nothing on purpose. Well, but yeah, I mean I'm it a, means that
0: you you do a little less work. You got to do more coaching, right?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I'm a team lead of myself. That's <laughs> the good part.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, I know that
2: game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a team lead and for like a couple months in the summer, they'll bring in someone temporarily that works under me as a part of my team, but the rest of the year it's just it's just me. So that's pretty great. So
0: this, is, so it's ba- it's just a like a uh, a title they can give you on paper to make it seem like you got upgraded.
2: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, to be honest, I think it's because it helps them think that I meet the the exemption for overtime.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that lead is no sure. leads aren't allowed. To that is bullshit. Because I'm going to tell you why. Is it an official title okay. or is it a thing that they've said that you are is that i guess would be my question
2: uh that's a good question because when i got i I got this job from within the company so it was like a new thing that was starting up and i was like i can do that job and so they gave it to me and then they told me to name my own position you know because they were like just give yourself whatever title you want right and I was like, "Okay, associate director," and they were like, "No." no that, I was like, All "Those right, are good well, words." I thought that was a perfectly good title for yeah. my job. I those don't are know.
0: top words on LinkedIn right now. Associate director—that's what you <laughs> want to be. <laughs> that's where I'm
1: trying to be. Exactly. I want
0: to start calling myself the associate director of Street Fight. Actually, that's cool. Thanks I'll for be the inspiration. The
1: other one,
2: because the, there could be, be two the associates. Other one.
1: The other one.
2: You're not even going to bother naming yourself anything. Just you're the other one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's me. I'm the other one. I'm not hung up on. Actually, it's funny. Uh, Stephen, the guy that does the zine, asked us what we wanted to be billed as, and I was like, I don't give a shit. You can just write Murder Brian in there and tell you the truth. He was like, Well, you gotta have some sort of a title. You can't just you can't. Uh, I mean, it was just like, uh, and so him and Brett had to come up with. I forget what you guys came up. With. Like it was like some like creative director or contributor, and I was like, Yeah, okay, that's fine with me. I mean. I don't want a name. I don't like when people ask me what I, what my job is. I was like, oh, I just do this thing. Yeah, that's a good answer.
0: That's what I did at school, man. When I had to meet all these parents and it's like, I don't know what your life is. You don't want to feel like your kid's going to school with an anarchist. I understand that. You're afraid. So, yeah, all I say is like, yeah, I do a radio show and I just let it sit there. I'll sit around for 45 seconds in silence. Never, never extrapolating what the fuck that means.
1: It's, it's like a. Yeah, uh, I'm
2: going to. It's
1: like I'm a theme. Yeah, it's just, well. The <laughs> thing is, like the only place in the world where where it feels like people want to hear about your job is here on this show, because like we're so conditioned to think that we should never talk about our job. You I know? don't think so? Really? The first time, I mean, really, when you meet strangers for the
0: first time, that's what you ask. So what do you do? I mean, our job is tied into who we are, I feel like. That's the issue that I have when I have to meet, like, my wife's friends from work and have to go out into the real world is to say, like, I'm rooting against all of you. (laughs) Like, I'm rooting against the continuation of the status quo, and (laughs) you all are deeply tied into that, you know, (laughs) and I'm trying to upset the whole thing. (laughs) it's hard to say to somebody like the first you just met them you just poured your first glass of pineapple tequila you know you're getting to know each other
1: so can i i
0: I just want to associate director is a great title yeah i would go to express and buy a brand new outfit
1: if i got that title because i've gone through times where like i was considered a lead like, that sounds like a roughly yeah. the same thing, where they're just like, oh, no, you're a lead. You you know better than that. You're a lead. And I'm like, well, I mean, right, nobody right. ever even told me I was – like, it's just like you just – nobody asked me if I wanted to be a lead. Oh, that's not fair then. <laughs> and then also it's just like I don't have any power. When Do you have any power at all at your job?
2: No, my boss keeps trying to tell me that I do, and I'm not really sure – it's – if there is any power, it's definitely not codified. So in that way, it's just like, well, we're going to let you influence us when it feels convenient. But then the rest of the time is just like, we're going to do what we want.
0: Sure. So what do you, what title yeah. do you end if up I'm, with?
2: Uh, the, the the team lead title is on my business card. Does that make it official? Yeah, definitely for card. sure. Pretty official. All right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> The, the last thing that I
1: wanted to say Leader about that, Leader of is, one. I like that. My dad was that at one yeah. point, and he brought, he was like, I'm a boss now. And I was like, who? And he was like, one person. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> sounds like they just gave you somebody, they gave you somebody to babysit all day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're obsessed with professional development in my office, which is fine. It's like a lot of young people, so the idea is they're like launching you into the next stage of your career or whatever that means. Sure. But my boss, gave me this booklet thing that I've been thinking of sending to you guys. It's, it's about managing up. And it was the most obnoxious read of my entire life. Because it's all about trying to put the responsibility of someone getting fired on the person who was fired. Like, no matter what the circumstances, it's like, well... You could have done something to make the boss really understand where you were coming from. It's really about empowering you to understand what you can get done and how really it's about you trying to understand the boss's perspective and cater to all of their possible needs, which, as we all know, is completely impossible because people are crazy sometimes.
0: Well, I guess, so it was Brown Noser's Handbook taken as a title already? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, I actually just, I was trying to remind myself of what it was about, and I just looked up something about it, and they're like, some people think of managing up as brown nosing, but you shouldn't think of it like that. And I'm like, why not? Because that's clearly the whole thing.
3: Well,
0: and that's the thing, too. But, I'll tell you what, I mean, you, you have a real, you have like a really pointless title when it comes to it, because yeah. when team lead, all it ever meant to me was the person that worked like extra time they were there before you got there and they were there they were the last person there you know like they were just somebody that got like 50 to 50 cents to a dollar extra an hour and worked the most out of anyone else they didn't there wasn't any there wasn't much leadership going on besides like hey buddy i can do this
1: 10 times faster than you what's your excuse um yeah uh, let me ask you that i i got a definition of managing up i'm gonna ask you if this sounds about right it means being the most <laughs> okay. it means being the most effective employee you can be, creating value for your boss and your company. That's why the best path to a healthy relationship begins and ends with doing your job and doing it well. Is that kind of the <laughs> yeah. language of the book?
2: Absolutely. And if you mix that with what Brett was saying about getting there early and getting and staying late, and you really got like a solid, full picture of the total experience, like both the capitalist propaganda on one side and the real lived experience on the other. Because a couple of years ago, I was definitely living in that world of working ridiculous hours that were totally unnecessary only because I thought it was what was expected of me. And I think, to be honest, listening to Street Fight Radio for the last couple of years has really helped me get my head out of that space.
0: Good. I'm glad. I mean, you know, we got we got one chance at this thing. I mean Drake said it best when he said YOLO, right? And this is Stop it. <laughs> but seriously, like when you think about people go, when you think about someone like calling a single person a team lead and spending all of this time to to go to this these lengths of uh telling you why you should be grateful that you have a job and all of this stuff, man, it's like, what is this all for? Who does this serve? Nothing, you know? For me, I mean I I yeah. mean I guess I can it would be I, – I can understand if you were a manager, you would want everybody to be thinking about how – thinking about only you and how they can make your life easier. I can certainly see that position, but, like, that's not what – but life is so much more than, you know, than what we do at jobs every single day. It's it's more than, like, worrying about managing up, you know?
2: Yeah, and life is certainly about more than working on paid overtime. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean I can I can do this and you're right. I mean there's a benefit to being walked all over. If you don't ask for any extra and you always agree to work off the clock and don't take breaks, you will be rewarded for it, but you've been walked on the entire single time and that's what you're gonna be for the rest of your life if you think that's the way to get ahead, you know?
2: Yeah. And the the I think the thing that really shook me loose from that is realizing that The positions that I came from, the people under me after I moved up, like a tiny degree, were getting walked on just like I was. And I was like, well, now, now I feel bad. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be complicit in this in any way, even if it's just the fact that I'm letting it happen to people below. So the one good thing that comes, comes from like, I I don't assert myself a ton at work, but it, I feel like I've done enough that now a lot of the managers around me recognize me as someone that, that is really close to the lower-level people in the company. I'm more willing to make friends with them and more willing to just, like... I, that sounds weird, but it's really just, like, in hierarchies like that, it makes a huge difference when you have people below you who just don't have any sort of voice and don't... Like, just having words on their behalf in a meeting where you're planning what, how things are going to be structured and you realize that something is going to be shitty for someone who doesn't have a voice in that meeting. is really important because I don't know, because they're going to work there for almost nothing and they need someone to speak for them. I don't know.
0: No, that's the, no, that's the truth. I mean, you know, and, and you know, the flip side of that is, and I know what you're talking about. Like I, I've mentioned it before. There was a job I was at where there was a basketball team and basically, everybody on the basketball team was managing up because they were brown nosing right. and spending time with the person that was going to decide who moves up. And uh, the folks that decided the team, one of the team leads that I knew that was friends, he went and drank with us. He didn't do the basketball team. He went with like the crew to go drink and he was the outsider. He was the black sheep because everybody else in that like upper crust was expecting you to disengage and take on this role as, you know, the decider of their fates.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> I'm going to stop out here and let some other people get in.
0: Well, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Are you on Twitter at all? Do you want people to follow you? Are we trying to, you got a blog or a, a independently yeah, sure published on. comic book or something?
2: i wish uh my no my twitter is shenanigator it's I like shenanigans that. but g-a-t-y-r at the end shenanigator
0: yeah throw an alligator in the mix thank you for calling in i yeah, appreciate definitely. it uh i love that call i mean team leader of one is like a great position because that's my my life that's just being a sovereign citizen right
1: yeah you're my team leader I'm the team lead. Well, yeah, I'm the team. Probably you would think of when you know we're both team leads in a way.
0: Well, you're a team leader in different. You're team lead on the content
1: side. I'm team lead on
0: the business side.
1: Yeah. So there's two team leads. That's that's called non-hierarchical. Listen to this, Brett. Uh, this is the list of types of bosses that you could end up with trying to manage up to. A brand new boss, a manager you don't see face-to-face.
0: Oh, they're telling you how to, like, <laughs> kiss yeah. butt
1: the best? Each one. An insecure boss, an all-knowing or indecisive boss, a manager who gives you conflicting messages, a long-winded boss, a hands-off boss, a manager who isn't as smart as you. That's why I quit my job, the cable job. A boss that's actually board of a board of directors, so... They'll teach you all all the different kind of bosses and how to kiss all of their asses.
0: Hey, Mr. Board
1: of Directors, I uh, got a pair of cufflinks that I found. Do you think you would like those? <laughs> you want these cufflinks? Are you going to give them? That's, that's what board of directors are into. That's all yeah. they care about is like cufflinks. I,
0: I got you this uh, ribeye steak with
1: a $100 bill underneath it. <laughs> I threw all of my job interview clothes away today. Finally, really? Yeah I was like they're done I don't need these anymore You threw them away? Well I took them to Goodwill Okay thank I didn't thank throw them God. away But they're gone Right So I don't need that shit Who's next bro? What was your interview clothes? They were bad I, I just A uh, 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 dress shirt A pair of corduroy Like Plain white pants. shirt? No Button up shirt? It was a button up shirt White? It was white with blue checkers on it, like uh like a not like checkers, but like a tight little. It was a Michael Kors shirt. It was oh, nice. like a
0: micropane
1: thing. Yeah, it was nice. It didn't. It wasn't a bad shirt or anything. I I looked dumb as shit in it because like as I've soon never as you seen put this. something like that on me. You, I feel uncomfortable immediately. Like, I didn't. And I just turn into like a whole different person.
0: I missed your graduation. I don't know why I didn't go to your graduation. Oh, I wasn't here. Yeah, I yeah, missed your right. graduation. I've never seen you in a button up shirt like that, like the Oxford style button up shirt. I've seen you in a flannel shirt.
1: Yeah. But I yeah. want to see
0: you in that Michael Kors. No,
1: it's gone. It's what all were the gone. Pants? They were like uh they were like dress pants that were kinda like corduroys, but the super tight corduroys, the oh, small bumps. Okay. Okay. You could, like barely even tell. But I was going for Micro corduroy. I wanted to go for like the whole like patches on the sleeves. Dressed up look Like kind of sloppy But kind of patches on the sleeves well, Dressed just, up Yeah
0: eccentric
1: Yeah I didn't yeah, like, I want to just I, be like I'm not a Brooks brother so Yes I, Yes That's what I was shooting for I so. like micro corduroy <laughs> I have a discerning
0: taste in corduroy
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah Yeah Let's see who's on the phone next here uh, Thank you for calling Street Fight Who are we talking to? Hello?
1: We're here
4: Hello? Oh hell yeah What's up guys? Not this a lot. Is Jacob from Vancouver in British Columbia.
1: Oh, we want to go there. They got good weed there. Famous for the weed oh, in buddy. Vancouver.
4: <laughs> is
1: that yeah, where man, we got? Pull her... up.
4: I got you. I think I I think I DM both of you about putting you on if you ever came through.
1: Hell yeah. Well, we got to get passports oh, yeah. now. That's the yeah, problem. We haven't with done this
0: passports.
1: <laughs> We're going to get passports this year and then get up to Canada. Brian wakes up after the post office opens. I will wake up <laughs> relatively. I'll wake up at ten or eleven, and do it at night. In the m- morning, I've been yeah, waking up at eleven thirty.
4: Thought- <laughs> that's not a bad time.
1: No, eleven thirty is fine. You can get everything done. That's you gotta get done. Oh, yeah. You sleep as late as you- oh, I mean. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm gonna sleep till two. But that's because you get I'll to be to up, late. up with
4: everybody after their lunch break.
1: Yeah, well, that's what sucks everybody if you. Have to- If you have to, like, leave your house. Like, if I have to go get coffee in the morning because I don't have any at home, oh, the lunch break is terrible. I live by all the restaurants, all the lunch restaurants.
4: Oh, fuck, Brutal. I used to, actually, you know what? I called in about some, I have some work stories that are kind of related to the drug stuff, like the opioid epidemic. So if you guys want to get into that a little bit, I can uh, share some stuff that you might find interesting.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, what's going on?
4: Hell yeah, dude. So, about a year ago, I quit a job that I did in Vancouver that's kind of a, I'd say it's sort of like, almost like a rite of passage for some, uh, you know, like middle class people that are into like, play playing like punk bands or make art in the city or something like that. Working in a, oh shit, hold it! So like working in supportive housing in the downtown east side, it's kind of like this little place of the city that's been like the historically like the skit Row kind of area you know it's like lots of poverty lots, like a very like notorious drug scene on the corner of Main and Hastings there it's like all open air if you go in like 9 a.m and again at noon and again at four there's like you can pretty well get whatever you want
1: okay
3: and
4: people are just like I'll be walking I'll be walking down the blocks like Dilly's Oh,
1: that's my dream, is to walk down a block and <laughs> offer
4: me drugs. Gee, I mean, to even buy. Oh, yeah, buy. Dude, go. I'll take you to the spot. Um, but, you know, for – so I did that job for, like, two years, and I don't think I should say which, which spot I worked for. There's, like, in Vancouver, it's, like, a weird, really big kind of pseudo-industry of, uh, like, nonprofit organizations that set up this these services called Supportive Housing and it's all it's tied up with like a harm reduction agenda and they know it's interesting to hear you guys talk about the rhetoric around Narcan up there because it's like down here you can't go two blocks without having a place that'll just give you a kit
1: really you know what
3: I mean
4: like then not only not only do you get a kit but they have like I feel like they're like pretty deluxe kits like they got every kit comes with two ampules and they got little gloves a little diagram on how to use it a nice little mouth-to-mouth like they have a really fancy like kind of screen that you can use to keep you safe if you have to give someone mouth-to-mouth and not only that they got these wild syringes with uh, that are spring-loaded so once you finish shooting someone with the Narcan it just automatically flicks back up so you're not going to fuck up.
3: Wow someone that's after incredible. You them with
4: Narcan shit. yeah it's, Like it's sick but uh I guess my thing with it, after being in that job for two years, is that the sort of prevalence of the Narcan with the social housing and the dynamics that it kind of comes through in Vancouver is a very... I just don't really trust it. Like, I feel like the... I, like, I'm, I'm a prison abolitionist, like, socialist with anarchist sort of predilections as well, but the the way that the supportive housing operates in Vancouver is that it's... a uh, it's not covered by the tenancy laws or like the residential tenancy laws in Vancouver. So say um, myself, like living in an apartment now, like if my landlord walked into my suite without giving me 24 hours notice, you know, I'd have some sort of legal recourse. Sure. Just as like a baseline. But for the supportive housing, it's almost uh, like residents in supportive housing in Vancouver are treated almost like prisoners, where, you know, it's like, it's a really weird, it's kind of hard to explain.
3: That's uh, right. Like,
4: all the different implications are within, like, a decent time frame, but, it, but essentially it's like a very strange, like, neoliberalized version of decarceration, where it's like, there's all these renovated SROs in the downtown east side that are owned and operated by these nonprofit organizations that essentially... Just sort of set people up like no matter that wind up there one way or another through connecting to social workers, to child welfare, like just this really wild sort of funnel of people with different social problems, whether it be like mental illness, drug addiction, like in some jail, and they all just wind up in these same big buildings where they're basically like monitored and cordoned off from the rest of the city. Yeah, and I guess. No, go ahead. Sorry, man. I no, feel like it's
0: I've fine. been talking, not thought. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I mean, just, it was a brief comment, but that was similar to when I was in DC and like the government housing in DC, they have cameras on the street corners and there are signs everywhere that say like everything you do is being recorded right now by the police and it's really intrusive oh, and yeah. it just feels like, yeah, you lose all autonomy when you enter those places.
4: Oh yeah, man. And like, it's, so it's just doubly so in these, like, supportive housing environments where these people are, like, just, bond, like, as, so I started working there when I was, like, I started working in this, it's called a support position. So basically, you, like, sit at a front desk, the doors are locked on both sides, and people don't have a fob to get into their own building. Okay. So those so the front desk is, like, staffed 24 hours, a resident will come and, like, buzz, you look out, and if you recognize them, you buzz them in, basically. Which on its face is like kind of crazy. Like, how do new employees like recognize everybody? Like, yeah. It, so there's like problems in there already, you know? But then there's just like all of these really wild restrictions. Like, people couldn't have guests past 10 p.m. in their own house and stuff. And like me as like a 24 year old with very limited experience in social service work, like, people kind of transition from being a barista into this position, you know what I mean? It's like it's considered like an entry level job in Vancouver. Foot in the door. So yeah, exactly, man. Like you but you just get put in this really crazy position where you have so much sway over how these people live their day to day lives, like just like the act of being able to like get into the building is something that's like crazy to me, but also you kinda have if you have any reason that you can sort of justify to the day shift like your manager basically to go into their suite to like dig around for something or like clean, whatever, like you can just walk in without really giving notice.
0: Yeah. That's really wild uh, too, to think about being in that much control of somebody's life without any sort of real, like career path or degree or something to back it up. You're just like willing to
1: do it is really all they're looking for. I looked into something like that in the past. Like there's a, there's kind of a rehab place that funny enough, I went to back in back a long oh, time shit. so when I first yeah when I first started having panic attacks I went to this place and I had been I hadn't been doing drugs for like three years or not three years right. it's probably a year at this time like I hadn't done any drugs except for smoked cigarettes so I sit down in this room and With this woman who like asked me a bunch of fucking questions, like probably a hundred questions about like, uh, you know, have you ever done acid? Have you ever done marijuana? Have you ever? And like, I I was like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I answered honestly to all the questions because I was like, just, I was, I didn't have insurance and all I wanted to do was make these panic attacks stop, you know? And, uh, she was like, I got you help. I found you help. I'm going to send you to a therapist. And I was like, great, great. This is great. I can go and get this taken care of. They sent me to a drug rehab and I got there and the (laughs) woman was like, I don't know how to help you if you don't do drugs. And I was like, I told him I didn't do drugs and that was it like that was it was like a filter it was like this weird like here's a it was like one of those buzzfeed quizzes (laughs) like they told me oh my god
0: (laughs) you got flow charted
1: yeah yeah and it's like it didn't help at all and it actually made me give up for a long time i think i don't think i got treated for my panic attacks until like it took like 10 years for me to get treated before i finally was like i gotta do something and i went to a doctor but like yeah, the, the very, like, bottom part of the social service, like, thing,
4: it, like it that really... Like right?
1: Yeah, it's rough. It's rough down there. Like, what they... I mean, it, it's I can't believe it's like that in Canada, to tell you the truth. Like, well, it,
4: but no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Sorry. Well, off. no,
1: it's just because here, like, you can get very great help with a lot, yeah. but you need to have a ton of fucking money you know
0: well they also got a lot of untrained people working in halfway houses and shit though too
1: yeah it's usually people that were there and were good and they decided to build their life around it too that's i mean like there's a lot of people in rehab facilities that like were in the facility and then ended up you know trying to you know i mean a lot of times when you go into recovery you build your life around that recovery which is totally cool with me i think that's a a, a lot of recovery uh, programs get a bad rap for that, but I don't think that's bad if your life, if, if like it helps you keep your life, like if AA helps you keep your life together, but you're going to fucking meetings five times a week, fine. I mean, most people don't talk to that many people in a month, you know? Sure. What I mean? <laughs>
3: like
1: your social life is fairly healthy at that point. Yeah. But the rules and stuff, that's what yeah. gets me, is, like, just treating treating people that needed help like children, is, that's, I don't know why that is yeah, the man, default. Like,
4: that, exactly, and I mean, that, that's interesting that you talked about you going to, like, a drug rehab because you're having panic attacks, because, like, it's like I was, like, I don't know if I, like, because, like, part of the thing with the facilities is that so many different people with different issues and abilities get lumped into the same place, and, like, So there'll be people that are like, I want to say this with like quotes for definitely because I think it's like a fucked up kind of social work term, but like people that are like higher functioning (laughs) that might be able to like manage their, manage their addiction better or whatever, or manage their drug use better, will wind up in the same facility (sighs) as like a bunch of people that are like very like unstable, like very like can, like can be dangerous at times and just like nobody seems to bat an eye at that and like, and because, by virtue of the fact that they're in, like, a supportive housing, like, yeah, they have this, like, are cast under this, like, very paternalistic sort of thing where it's just, like, well and, like, the thing like, the philosophy around supportive housing in Canada, and I feel like this is where it kind of gets into, like, a weird thing comparing the ideologies between Canada's, well, I mean, I guess it's it's very much like a Vancouver thing, but like, comparing the ideologies, right, it's like it's all done under the auspices of harm reduction, where it's like we're here. We are. We're like in this building. People can like come and go as they please, whether it's like regardless of whether or not they need to get buzzed in. They can do their do their thing in the building. Like of, we don't discourage people from using. Like we part of the job was like handing out needles and equipment, crack pipes, like whatever people needed. And then then that that's something that I heard. Working there is just, like, well, we give people, like, the dignity to choose how to live. And it's just sort of, like, we don't give them dignity. We just sort of, like, let them do their drugs, which is kind of, like, which is sick. Like, that's, like, a, not a bad place to operate out of. But it's, like, you're not giving.
0: Wait, they provide all the tools to do drugs? That's uh, I think we lost them. Are you serious right at that moment?
4: Yeah. Like oh, no, he's that, back. He's back. That's sick. Like, oh, like. Like go for it. I just don't. I like the longer I work there, the more I realize like I'm just a prison guard. You know what I mean? Like I'm just a screw. And like the like the craziest thing to me that it didn't occur to me until I went to a conference that was organized by a really sick organization in Vancouver that I want to plug if I can. It's called Alliance Against Displacement. It's sort of like a it's like a tenants advocacy group organized by a lot of residents in supportive housing. And so one of the things that we would do. As in that support job is like room check. So every day we'd go up and like knock. If we didn't get like a response, we would open the door and like look around to see if we could find them in the room. And if we hadn't seen someone for three days, then we would call the cops.
3: What and I mean, obviously
4: calling for cops
1: like, is a bad decision for any. Kind yeah, of right? and it's
4: yeah. just like, and it's like for the the line that push in the the line that they push there as part of like the harm reduction philosophy is just like well like you know, we we have, like, some mentally ill residents that might, like, have gotten lost or something. They might be, like, somewhere hurt. But when I went to this meeting, this this sort of, like, seminar hosted by ADD, they were just like, no, like, we often, like, go away because we just are people that don't want to stay in our house, like, every single day. And, like, that's just a way for you to have the police target us specifically, like, filing a missing person report for someone that you haven't seen in three days, like a grown adult. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I
3: well,
4: yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, what I, I mean. The th- What I'm hearing. I mean, really, the issue is that you have a. There's probably some people that do need to be managed because of whatever situations are going on with mental issues and things like that. But then you have a lot of folks that probably are there because they didn't have any other prospects because besides drugs, <laughs> or there isn't a lot of other s- opportunities handed to them besides doing drugs and you know, if you were really worrying about harm reduction, you would do a further sifting down of these people and saying like, you know, some folks need like actual medical care and some people just need like a roof over their heads. They'll be fine if they disappear <clears throat> for the fucking weekend, you know?
4: Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing too, in the tenancy act, like I found this old tribunal cause I'm doing some writing about like this, these issues and like these kind of complications with it is that there was a resident that was denied bringing up a desk, uh, but bringing up a guest, so he, like, filed a complaint with the Tennessee Tribunal and stuff, and they wound up finding that the Tennessee, like, he was allowed to have his guest turned away and, like, not be allowed into the building because he lived in supportive housing, and the way that they differentiated that was because there was, like, a clinic in his building that was attached with his housing, so it was, like, by virtue of him, like, needing and, like, a lot of the people don't actually need the clinics, you know? It's just sort of, like, a thing. And because Vancouver is rental market right now, is just so fucked. Like, people, there's no such thing as, like, a, just going on Craigslist and finding a house that you can afford to live in on disability, right? Sure. So it's, like, the only the only option for anybody living on welfare or disability is, like, supportive housing just because that's where the rates for those rooms are frozen at.
1: Yeah, and it's tough, too, so it's- because you want, you're, like if there was a another organization or way to do it for free, like the state is the only thing that has the power to do these, that has the resources to do these things. You're like, I don't want to help the state way. Like I was just about, you know, before the show with Chapo out there in Philly, our first big live show, I was just about to start school as a social for social work. And like, I had a really rough time. Like just, I basically ended up deciding like, I don't, like I don't think I'm gonna be able to help people the way that I want to help people doing this. I don't think they're gonna let me do that because like the the there's just so much like uh, there's so many well, like, things that they stop you from doing.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, like the state way, like I don't I don't think it's quite as hard-line in Canada as it is in the states because I mean, like. These sort of things are, like, always, like, whenever, like, the prime minister comes, he's always, like, part of his little tour of VC is going to get, like, bandied about in the downtown east side and, like, look at all these facilities that have, like, a really, like, pro-social sort of facade where they're, like, look, like, these are, like, these, like, support workers are, like, young 20-year-olds or 20-somethings that have these relationships with these, like, people because they, like, let them use their drugs, like, it and, like, That's where, like, the first supervised injection site was in Vancouver, and it's like, people get very, like, caught up with where things are at now, but don't consider, and part of that is because, like, obviously, like, poor people are still criminalized, drug use is still heavily, heavily stigmatized, along with mental illness, so, like, people kind of... People think that what's going on in Vancouver is enough. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, uh, I mean, it's totally alien to me. Just like I said, I mean, in Ohio, they're talking about telling people you don't get Narcan if you if we have to come to your house for an overdose. So it yeah, does. That's so fucked. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can understand that, but I mean, it is also, I mean, what Brian Brian and I have always said is like. You know, we can have a win, but then after we get that win, then we got to start, like, working on the next
1: one. Like, how are we going to make this better? Legalizing weed yeah. is a win, but now yeah. we need to legalize everything. Yeah. You know, like, now up oh, yeah. now it's and time to move on to the next thing. Like, now it's time to move on to, like, opioids or, or, or cocaine because that's the other thing. Like, because, you know... Oh, people yeah. of color and poor yeah, people sure. aren't, I mean, like, aren't going to prison for hallucinogens and psychedelics. I mean there are medicinal benefits and we can make those arguments, but really like we need to look for the most heavily stigmatized drugs and move towards getting those decriminalized exactly, because man. that's what's that's the and we need to move towards destigmatizing them too. It's it's kind of when you talk about high when you say high functioning, it is that's such a loaded word and I hate I hate the term "high functioning addict" or whatever. I think it's a person. Yeah. I, I think if you're high functioning, then the addiction isn't like necessarily a problem. And if you're doing everything that you have to do, then why do you have to be lumped in with somebody who maybe isn't? But like, uh, there are a lot of high functioning people out there that are that are doing drugs all the time, even the stigmatized drugs. I mean, fucking dude, oh, yeah. Adderall is methamphetamine. You know, like, they're the Dude, same right? fucking thing,
4: you know? Dude, but, for real, I mean, like, that's the I thing. The like, I just went back to school, and I hadn't been on, like, ADD medication for years and years, and I remember getting, like, my little 5-milligram Ritalin for the first time, and I started taking it, it was like, holy shit. Like, it's, like, it's crazy that like, something like that I could take when I was, like, 7, and that was sort of, like, I mean, like, mid-90s, early 2000s, that was sort of, like, the norm, but I'm, like kind of blew my mind that that's what that kind of was doing speed when i was seven yeah i mean
1: you can even look at things (laughs) i mean look at all the things like like benzos are completely legal you know i mean well they're not you can't go buy them at a store but like you know I've, I've joked around with my wife about the wine mom thing this weekend because she went and bought a box of rose yep. and i was like oh that's the wine oh, mom yeah, stuff dude. lady like that and we were kind of joking around and then i said yeah all the wine moms walking around they're either on on weed gummy bears or uh xanax <laughs> and wine and that's true and they were like no they're not and i'm like yes Everybody is on fucking drugs right now. It's just some people, it's okay. If you're middle class, it's okay. you know. Yeah, I knew a lady yeah.
0: that used to get Xanax for sleep. And I was like, that, that, I've never heard of that being a popular That's prescription wild. for <laughs> sleep. It'll make you go to sleep, though. It but does it help like, that. She's like, it's the, only oh, thing yeah. that, it's the only thing that works for me. And it's like, yeah, because you take them all day. You don't just take them for sleep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I again, this is not a stigmatizing of people using Xanax or anything. It's just, it is really saying it's that most fact, people man. are... It's
4: just the way it is.
1: And most people are functioning on drugs. Most people are going through their yeah. whole fucking day on drugs and they're fucking fine,
4: you know? And some people are even fucking better for it, right? Like, I couldn't do the kind of work that I'm doing in school if I didn't have like the right add medication or like my the right adhd medication that i'm rocking right so god i need and it's some just of that for like, and and
1: the zine for oh writing. buddy
4: <laughs> <laughs> come to vancouver my guy <laughs> but, um, i mean that's what i used to tell people at work too is like they'd be like a resident would be sort of down on themselves because they had like a thing going where they were like clean but they're still like doing a couple points in a day or like smoking a couple rocks i'm like man if i don't drink like whatever, however much coffee I drink in the morning, I'm like a little. I get a migraine and I'm a little grump. Like, the only difference between you and me is access.
1: It, it, it is really you know great. What I mean? It is great that that happens up there because down here, the the basic thing is like, well, you're just not supposed to do drugs, and that's the whole solution. That is that's unhelp. That's completely unhelpful. You're helping. Oh yeah, I think. And then- I, I think also, you're helping and in any end, like if you're cool and you're helping. And again, can you let things slide like some of the rules or do they, oh, ha- are oh, they dude. ruthlessly reported?
4: No, they, it's, it's kind of a weird, it can get so weird, man. Cause like there'll be shifts. I worked at a building that was like very low key, you know, like most of the people were like very chill. And so therefore like, because there was never like a risk of something possibly happening. Like I just did not. Maybe I shouldn't say how much I didn't care, but, like, <laughs> I would just be, like, very lax. Like, had, like, just sort of, like, a rapport with everybody, make sure that everything was good and, like, just do eat their thing. But there would be times when people would come in from other buildings or even people that work different shifts. Because they're, they're 12-hour shifts, right? I would work, like, 8 a.m. to 8 – or 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Jeez. So sometimes, like, I would so just I wind up guys. on shift with someone with, like, the exact opposite – Way of approaching it, and I would just kind of, and because I was not following policy, I would kind of have to capitulate because it would be like, yeah, because I would I'd just be like, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. dude, not tonight. Like, it's it's so fucked. Like, it's not fair to the residents, and like maybe it's not fair of me, but like, yeah, yeah, man, I don't know. And like, I understand. I also, that I kind of want to get this in before I, I like, I don't want to like rain on the parade. You know what I mean? Like, I think, like I, like, I feel like the way that I talk about this sort of horizon for harm reduction and supportive housing is very negative and kind of pessimistic. And I think that's just coming from a place of being very burnt out after working into two years. Like, obviously there's issues and we've talked about them, but like, I don't want to kind of like dump on you guys for like thinking about those horizons, right? Cause like it's way better than not being able to get Narcan because like cops are carrying Narcan now in Vancouver too. So if they come to a spot and someone's ODing and they absolutely have to revive them, they will. But like, yeah man it's it's fucked it's crazy out here but just keep like you said like a win's a win and like it's better than nothing but it's so i just i guess what's important to me is to kind of like make sure that people like that veil keeps getting pulled back you know what i mean because there's yeah. the people that would be i would know people that were very critical of healthcare policy and sort of like the just structures of like just structures in general that would be like very like very on and then start working in these sort of positions where they kind of have this social capital in their like subcultural scenes you know like the punk scene really holds people up that work these positions because it's like oh it's like they're like they're getting on the level with people they're like getting into shit they're like reviving people that are ODing whatnot. but it's like that's that's great but let's not forget that we're still treating people like prisoners just for no reason aside from the fact that they have addictions for the most part right
0: yeah, I mean, it's like, like yeah, yeah. The, you've been so they're they're doing something about it, but at the same time they're just ignoring all of like the human aspects of it. I mean, that's really what it, like the bureaucracy of it all just comes yeah. through so cold, I mean, then and you just... always miss out on like, are we really in? Are we is the intention here to help people out, or is it just to monitor to pay somebody to monitor them? You know?
4: Yeah, and the thing and the thing that gets kind of dicey too in Vancouver is that because just by virtue of the same reason that people wind up in those in like not being able to get away from any sort of supportive of housing situation that's very like coercive and manipulative like a lot of young people that are otherwise have like are very radical or have good politics wind up working these positions because they're also unionized right so it's like the average wage for people like people that work on those jobs are making like 20 plus dollars an hour so it's in vancouver for like a young artist that needs to spend a lot of money on amps or a lot of money on a whatever they might be doing like a studio space a jam space like those jobs are kind of the only option just by virtue of them being like entry-level work where you kind of have to do 12-hour shifts until you burn out then you go on stress leave then you go back and burn out eventually and just kind of maintain right yeah i mean so there's I
0: mean, there. You know, there's
4: like a working class exploitation. There's like a this like class war, kind of trying to pit two people against each other, and like it's very like there's so many different levels and ways of approaching it, and it can be so divisive. And like just thinking about releasing the writing is so kind of nerve wracking for me because I've never been a very vocal person about any of this, and I still have a lot of my social circle kind of tied to that work, and they can get so defensive when that comes up. Like yeah. if a resident calls them a, if a resident calls them a pig or a screw or something, they get so worked up about it. But it's like you kind of have to take it on the nose, man. You are <laughs> right.
1: Yeah,
4: they call him a screw. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, is that it's, a Canadian a thing? Former, oh, those, oh, is that not a thing in the states? That's just like that's what they call like Canadian. Oh man, if when you if you come to Vancouver, don't call anyone a goof.
1: <laughs> a a goof. A goof. Oh, I call. I don't call very many people goofs, but a
4: screw. Oh, I, Those...
1: I'm going to start calling people screws. Oh, that's not,
4: that's a, oh, yeah, that's a prison guard. Oh.
1: I did not know that. That's. I'm going to start calling people that act oh, like dude. that screws now, like thumb screws, yeah.
4: just like like windy screws, because they're like putting the pressure on you, like holding you down. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, but man, goof, goof in Vancouver is fighting words, man. Like really. If you're, yeah, well, I mean, it's, like, more more prison stuff. A lot of people are, like, formally incarcerated down there, and I guess in prison, that's what they call, like, pred- like child predators and, like, rape- mm. child predators and rapists in jail are called goofs, and if you call, like, if you would call, like, like, I would probably get beat up pretty badly if I called, like, just happened to, like, even as a joke, just call someone, like, a rat goof or something, I would get my ass kicked.
0: All right, all right. Well, thanks for the advice. I'll keep that in mind if I'm ever yeah. in Vancouver. <laughs> Won't go throwing oh, yeah, the buddy. G word around. <laughs>
4: and yeah. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, man. Are you on Twitter at all? Yeah, Are you trying dude, to push sure. a
0: book or anything?
4: Um, I I barely tweet. I mostly just follow people on Twitter. But if they okay. want, people want to follow me on Instagram, it's public choice. But there's only one C. Okay. And or like P U B L I C H whatever public choice. It's like and public I also voice. want to plug my.
3: Yeah,
4: I also want to plug my partner's art and music because I've, they're a, like a, femme indigenous person that is disabled and doesn't don't really have the energy or time to kind of speak to a lot of these issues. And they they've been really instrumental in me kind of forming these thoughts. And I feel like it would be unfair of me to kind of let them go without being mentioned, and they're called Chandra Melting Tallow.
0: Okay, where do we find that?
4: They just Google it. Like They have a visual art practice that's really good. They have a music project called Morning Coup, kind of like experimental pop, like Grace Jones, Eurythmics kind of stuff.
0: Okay, cool. Morning is
4: in, like, sad morning.
0: Chandra Melting Tallow. Yep. All right, good to know. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it.
4: Check Check that art out, too. Thanks a lot for taking the call, guys. They're welcome. Great. Been great.
0: Yeah, I don't that was that seems like some whiny baby shit coming from where I'm at, you know. What? like oh it really sucks that i have to be a cop and watch people do drugs and stuff because oh, like i just, don't know man i i don't i,
1: I, don't I just don't I know wanna, what that's like i guess i i i understand man because i didn't want to do this i had the same thoughts in my mind like i don't want to be a fucking I so don't sure. be like some person's fucking like probation officer i want to help people and like they tie your hands with all these rules and shit that and if you don't agree with a rule and you have to enforce it that's tough man especially morally like if you're if you're a person who thinks about politics that way or morally, that's a hard fucking thing to do, man. I hate rules. You know how I bees. Yeah, I know they're awful. I I don't love them. Big, big, big zero on rules. Who's next?
0: But it is, I know I I can understand like having those thoughts. I mean, it was, he was definitely right on point, but then it's like, I don't want to be a bummer, but like this harm reduction that we're doing here, Seems like it's doing some bullshit, you know. Yeah, yeah, doing a lot of bullshit. All right, let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey,
5: it's Erica. Erica, you?
1: you know what? This is great that you're on the phone because we've been talking about. It. We're gonna throw you a going away party, so we need to find yeah, out. Yeah, you
5: going guys. Away. You guys are so indiscreet because you just left your uh, <laughs> you left your mics on. When you, when you were setting up and I heard it. <laughs> we, we
1: knew that you could hear. We actually, Well, we didn't know you could hear, but we knew that people were listening. We, so we're good. We're good. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Well,
5: thank you, guys.
1: We uh-huh. need to know when you're leaving, though, so we can set the show up. We're going to do a big show. And whatever you want, we're just going to do one. It's going to be the Grove City Erica going away party, and we want people to travel from far and wide to say goodbye because she's leaving the whole United States. It's not just Columbus.
5: I'm, I'm leaving. I'm well. I'll be back, but I won't. I'll be back a better person after a year. It's like that. It's like I'm going away and I'm I'm coming back and I'm expanding my mind.
1: You're gonna be strong as shit when you get back. I don't know. I mean. Th- those countries are sort of soft, right? That's true, yeah. Going to, they're going to come back and you're going to be like, oh, what's with all this like private health care? You know
0: what I mean? Well, I, need, <laughs> I need five bins for recycling. <laughs> so
1: what's going on tonight, Erica?
5: Um, I actually, I think I DMed Brett because I was listening to... The Girl Scout episode, and it sounds like you guys got some some not some controversy, just some varying opinions.
1: Not nobody about, was. I will say that nobody was super mad about it. Nobody was mad. Yeah,
5: yeah. I didn't. I didn't see anybody who was mad. I just saw like some some conversation surrounding the the topic.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I
5: don't have anything to say about the Girl Scout the the Boy Scout policy because I don't really know what's going on with that. But I Brett mentioned something. Um, that like, kind of, I, have been mulling over this for a little bit. Uh, you kind of touched on this when you mentioned, uh, like, I don't know how to say it. I don't remember how you said it, but like, we're making girls shittier like uh, yeah. okay yeah like, I, like if
0: you if you have if you have the all scouts where like the boy scouts the best of the best can be and then some girls that want to be the best of the best can be and then we have the girl scouts it seems like the girl scouts are just a lesser organization then
5: yeah and i mean i was a girl scout and i know boy scouts like if you get make it to an eagle scout and you are a nerd and you, like, stick with the organization, like, that actually gets you some weird cred when you uh, start applying for colleges and jobs in, this, in a way that Girl Scouts does not. True. But I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that. But, like, I... Th- and this is just, like, feminism in general. And, like, I'm a, like, strict, like, Marxist feminist, which means, like, I'm not a capitalist feminist. And I'm just seeing, like... I'm seeing, like like, clickbait capitalist feminism kind of doing this weird thing where it's like it's teaching girls like really shitty behavior that we traditionally attribute to boys to to kind of toughen them up for the business world, you know what I mean?
0: No, the and that's right. Like, yeah, that's exactly what were my thoughts were when this was going on. It was just like we need to teach women to be awful like men. And I'm like, "No, because we really have to, you know, I men men feel super persecuted right now, but we still need to be very direct about the type of shit that like has to stop, you know? And yeah,
5: like we're not, we're not softening the entire world or like, I don't want to like say feminine, but like traditionally feminine qualities that we attribute to, you know, like, like, uh, humbleness and nonviolence and pacifism and, um, listening rather than speaking all the time that we attribute to women, we're not taking those qualities and extending them to men in the same way. We're teaching girls that they need to get in the boardroom and they need to be cutthroat CEOs. And uh, you got to like puff out your chest and you got to be a shitty boss. Sometimes you just got to get the job done, and that's that's what we're teaching girls instead of what you're doing. What we're teaching you is the correct way. Like the world isn't fair, so make it fair. We're not doing that. We're saying the world isn't fair, so let's just like keep perpetuating the shittiness.
0: Right, you have to play by you have to pay by the misogynistic rules if you want to get ahead. Like basically, the world yeah. runs on misogyny, and the quicker you know, uh, Steve Harvey wrote that stupid book about like the man's rules and all of that. Act too. like a woman. Yeah, think yeah. Like a man. Whatever
5: his weird book was, Think
0: Like a Man was the book, right? And it, and it's just basically all about like you know, there's all these. Uh, awful behaviors that we attribute to men, but what if we let women do them? <laughs> you know it's like well, i don't know I mean we just have more shitty behavior then, and we just increase the well, amount of shittiness
5: that's kind of seen as leveling the playing field, right. but like why do you why why is that the playing field that you want? Perpetuate? Why is that the playing field that we need to stick with? You
0: know. Yeah, but I mean, you. Like, I mean, I'm telling you what. I've been thinking about that ever since I was your age, and it just makes me lonely that people aren't like having these like deeper conversations <laughs> or trying to figure out like how we can have like a more equitable time, something that you know is, feels more holistic. It is really just but comes in a down nicer to, like, sh- way. Sure. Sharks in the water, though, is what they offer us. They offer us basically like, a knife fight.
5: I I remember when I was I had my last job and I remember I, I, you know my boss like I kind of respected her for it because she just came out and she said it she was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna brand my business as like one of those women owned businesses shit because you know magazines love that like six one four they love that women owned because bu- she was like that it's bullshit I I mean she was cynical a cutthroat yeah cynical boss but like she knows that they they love that like. This women—it's a women-owned industry, or it's women are leading this field, or yep. this small business, this small little brunch place that you go to—it's women—it's women-owned and
0: Beyoncé feminism. like, oh, okay,
5: that doesn't—that that doesn't tell me anything because those bosses are probably just as shitty, if not shittier, because they play up that that this is a women-owned business trope to to get ahead.
0: Yeah, that's something, you know, I mean, even like my wife, I remember my wife was just astonished one time. She worked for a business owned by two women with children, and they offered no maternity leave at all. And she was just like, I don't, I mean, that
1: is like really just cold, you know? That is, that, yeah. that, that is why, like owning the business and not considering those sorts of things is so like, like, like not even considering how much you should pay. Like, it, it it's almost it's the like that uh, the other equivalent to that would be like when you go to like a farm to table restaurant and they pay the employees minimum wage and don't give them benefits and they're like we treat the animals so great when we kill them but well the employees maybe not as good it's the same thing they're just it's it's like this whole like this is very social justice this is very empowering okay but i still treat everybody like trash right
5: well, it kind of reminded me. There was th- this. You guys know Bumble. I mean, you guys are married. You might not know what Bumble is. This I've never Bumble before.
1: I've heard of it, but no, I've never had the Bumble app or the Tinder app. I've never even. I've, I I have been uh, honestly. I've wanted to look at Tinder because people share. I want to go on Tinder as a woman because people share the the women share the best screenshots from Tinder in the whole world. <laughs>
5: oh man i, I don't i don 't use any of these apps, but oh uh, holy shit, but anyway, bumble uh, is one of those apps is a dating app um, and the marketing scheme behind it was that uh, women have to answer or women have to message you first like men can't answer or men can't message women women have to be the ones who initiate the conversation Okay. Which, I, you know what? On the face value, is kind of unfair, but in the dating app world, I, I get the I get the point of that.
0: Yeah, I can see the appeal.
5: But but they were putting up ads around Columbus, and one of them just like stuck a thorn in my side when I saw it. And the ad was like, "Be the CEO your parents wanted you to marry." I did. My friend to me too.
0: Damn. And I
5: was like, I was like, I don't want, I don't want no CEOs. I don't want any, I don't want any women to be, no more fucking CEOs. Get rid of the fuck. I don't care if it's a woman or a man, like no more CEOs. I don't want you to marry a CEO. I don't want you to be a CEO.
0: Could have married a CEO, like, Erica. You could uh, have a
3: CEO.
1: God. Yeah. I mean, Gwen, my daughter, Gwen is in uh girl scouts and like most of what they've done is like either going to STEM places or like, uh, talking to like business type women, and then one time they went to the YWCA that's like really that's the thing that affected her most of all of the things they've done everything else she's like this is boring you know whatever right. but then she went to the YWCA and she's like now this is this is something like I, like I, i've seen things that like now are going to paint the way that i live the rest of my life and like uh that's the kind of stuff i think that's sort of I, I don't know. That's that's the kind of stuff I would probably so, – emphasizing service over, like, like, trying to, like, equal up to, like, fucking Bill Gates or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just so – there's so many killer instinct things out there. I, I guess it's just the wave that we're on. Everybody's an Instagram hustler. But it just I, – I just don't know how even – they just always seem to fuck it up pop culture always fucks it up when they try to grab a hold of feminism, they end up just basically saying like, make all the girls boys and that will, that will solve everything. And it's just, you can't come up with a solution like that.
5: Yeah. I mean, there are some things that are kind of in like the Western feminist discourse that I agree with. I mean, like letting girls be more confident when they want to say no to advances by guys or, you know, letting women be like more like the body positivity stuff stuff like that that's fine but the, the cutthroat business culture I don't want to see that in my my type of feminism cuz that all that says to me is that you want to you're going to oppress more women being a CEO yeah. you know you're going to try to cut wages including for women trying to be CEO
0: yeah, that dominance is what we need less of. I mean, I what's got us to this point, the, this point of catastrophe that we're at is like this male-led environment where they are just taking over the world and using it and then throwing it away, discarding it, and running roughshod over everybody and dominating people. And I don't think we need more of that at all. I don't think that's like what's the, going to be the guiding light for the next era of humanity. I don't think that's going to lead us out of this. I don't think if we double down on war and aggression and fighting that it's going to be any better if it's done by a woman.
5: Yeah, I mean I, I, one of my friends uh, she hurt, like she had a this TMI guys, but Whenever she had her period, it was like a, it was it was really rough on her. Like she used to get so crampy that it, it would make her you know throw up. like that's yeah. how serious it was she'd take medication for it. right. And she was working like a minimum wage job. I think she was working at like Starbucks or some like really busy um, maybe McDonald's, and her her boss was a woman. and like she was really strict about her scheduling. Oh, she God. worked like she would work for these crazy schedules around her. She was really shitty about her when she needed to take time to like take her medication, or if she like needed to sit down for a little bit just because it like it was giving her so much grief. And obviously, she's uh, not gonna let her take take these days off. And it's just like, oh, it's like yeah, that's like that's tra- fucked up. That's
0: treacherous, man. That's traitor. That's that shit where you're like, you know, oh, I know what it's like to have a period. It ain't that bad. <laughs> you're, you're just complaining. That's uh, yeah, oh, man. That's you're just pawn. Pawn shit yeah I know I don't man Yeah I I felt like uh, If you well I guess we didn't say this on The air yet or on the recorded thing but uh, We are going to have somebody call in To talk to us about the non uh, Binary aspect of The Boy Scouts versus Girl Scouts conversation Which I'm totally fine with I mean I feel like if they put them all together it might be Better you know I feel like that would Make more sense but like When you start when you you, I, I just don't see a lot being Accomplished by saying like Boys can't have an organization because you know you're just saying that the girls' organization isn't going to be up to snuff in my mind. And, yeah, and, I and you, all I, mean, I know
5: we, is that when I was in Girl Scouts, like we just, I I just sold. I was in it for like two years. I didn't like it very much.
0: But you're right, though. I mean, I mean, and that was the same thing too. What I said on that show was like, let the Girl Scouts have the Eagle Scout. Like, you need to make sure that they can have the exact same criteria because that stuff. It means something to, like, a bunch of dorks, uh, but, like, it is, like, really unfair. That's obviously an issue when someone can get extra credit for being in the Boy Scouts, but you can't get extra credit for being in the Girl Scouts. That's a definite oh, yeah, Eagle
5: disparity. Scouts Eagle take care of each other. I guess, like, you can get, like, job opportunities and, like, weirdos who were in Eagle Scouts who are hiring people, like, they, for some reason, care about that when you guys yeah. are filling out applications.
0: Dodge that bullet. <laughs> So you yeah. do not want to be in the Eagle Scout like meetups, whatever they're at. No, they did but those
1: are those like like you yeah, said know, on the know, show, those money. fraternities build up. That's early that's an early form of a fraternity that builds up around a thing and then people get shut out. And when, when when girls weren't allowed to be in the scouts, it was like, Well, that's the beginning of the damn thing. You know what I mean? That's where they forge these relationships. That's where Bill Clinton started out, right? Sure. If you want to be a park ranger, it's probably a good idea to be in the scouts. You know, I don't know. Well, Erica, we're gonna make you a party. We need to find out when you're leaving, and we're gonna have the best party ever. The best when are you street leaving? fight party. What's the date? When I'm when uh
5: I'm leaving. I'm gonna be in Sweden by mid August, but I think I'm going on vacation uh in July.
0: How
1: dare
5: you go on a vacation?
0: So we gotta do something you
5: know in June. You know what?
0: I'm so what? So we gotta do something in June, you're Ju- saying?
5: June or early July, yeah, probably. I'll I'll shoot you guys a text about it. I don't know.
1: It's gonna be the greatest party. Up in the air. We'll do C B D. It's gonna
5: be Yeah, there's gonna be alcohol I'm not drinking. There's gonna be drugs that I like it takes me a while to like even put it in my mouth like because I still have that kratom that you gave me just kind of sitting in my drawer
1: <laughs> it, and Yeah, the last time you were here that you got taken down a little bit by a one to one gummy, but it felt good though, but it's just sometimes you'll be like, you oh, know what? Jeez, I'm tired. Listeners,
5: uh, you know I I play it cool on Twitter. Uh, I had one CBD gummy and I was fucking gone. No, I, like, Erica,
1: I, that gummy had <laughs> THC in it too. It wasn't just CBD. You're okay. You uh, that <sighs> thing had me too for a few minutes. Like, holy, I am wasted right now. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I like I, I. There were points where I was just looking around. I was like, I can't say shit. I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> well,
0: I job. love job. <laughs> I love that CBD. It just clears out everything from your brain. <laughs>
1: it clears all the
0: cobwebs. Oh, it's ones. felt
5: good. It felt good. Well, anyway, we're... yeah. Thanks, guys. That's that's going to be an awesome party, though.
1: And we were we're going to and... have you in the studio more too before you leave. I we we love you, Erica. You're our favorite.
5: Aw, uh, thank you guys. That doesn't and,
1: mean anything for the other people on the line. You're also our favorite, but she's kind of our favorite too, Erica. Yeah, Erica. I, I mean,
5: I live here. I'm one of the few Columbus fans.
1: Yeah. That doesn't disrespect us like the rest of Columbus.
5: Yeah, Columbus is a shit city. We don't recognize our own here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We for recognize so that. Jenny's. That's true, but they're anyway, not ours anymore. You guys take a- yeah, we're going to do the- one Jenny's more. Jenny's isn't ours anymore. I don't think it is. They have them everywhere now. You can yeah. get Jenny's in California. Oh, yeah. You can, get yeah. Jenny's
0: in, you can get Jenny's yeah. ice cream in Texas right now.
1: Yeah. Nope. They're not ours no more. I, we can't take credit for that Listeria-laden ice cream anyway, right?
5: Yeah, I don't want it. Anyway, I'll let you guys take more calls. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, though.
1: Thank you for calling. We're going to do one more, and then we're going to go to break, Brett.
0: All right. She is right, see at Chilling Seymour on Twitter. C S E Y M O oh. U R, chilling. You
1: just type chilling S E and it'll come it'll up. It'll probably come up. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. There's not that many. Chi- There's not like a chilling Selena or anything like that.
0: Chilling hasn't take off. Taken off the way Lil has. Lil,
1: Lil is a good
0: one. Yeah. It's E-books not. There's too many Lils. E
1: book. Lil. I like Lil. Like rappers that use Lil. Like Lil
0: Durk. There's a, too many of them, though. They're All of them are called it. Lil' something now. It's stupid.
1: It's cool. to They wore it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the way entertainment works, right? You wear something out, and then you move on to the next thing. Pretty soon, it, I mean, I liked it. Back in my day, it was big. Big was right. what you wanted to be. Sure. Big is better than Lil'. I, well, of course. I want to be Big Brian. Oh, be, oh, he's <laughs> Big Boy. He's the Big Boy. Big Brian. Big, <laughs> big Brian. Fat Pat. You know what I mean? Right right big brian let's take one more call and go to break and then come back and we'll we'll lightning round some calls and then i'll go home and watch this pay-per-view that has been universally panned as the worst pay-per-view in the world
0: thank you for calling street fight who are we talking to hello
1: are you there what is
6: up is this me it is you holy shit okay wow um it's not be on, actually, because I called in really late. Uh shit, what was I gonna talk about? I'm pretty drunk right now. Uh what you drinking? PBR.
0: Really? Okay. That's, That's good a good choice. Drink. Cheap choice. Uh, you
6: is, that, make PBR. is that a bad thing?
0: No, um, no I've drinking I've drunk a bajillion PBRs in my day.
1: Okay. <laughs> so yeah. uh what, have you ever had a PBR margarita thing? Brett oh, loves PBR margarita, yeah. PBR margarita. That's what you should have.
6: I've seen those. like uh, They're usually tall boys around here, I think. But I've never actually drunk one. No. What? I'm a big fan of tequila. What? I'm more of a gin guy like uh, Brian. You like what?
1: You're more of a gin guy like me. Oh, you like gin. I don't drink, though, so yeah. I'm a bad gin guy, too.
0: It's funny, yeah, he doesn't drink, and he chooses, like, the most robust and,
1: like, really... You might as well be telling people to drink Malort. It was my favorite alcohol when I was drinking. Have
6: you ever... Go ahead.
1: No, it was just my favorite alcohol when I was drinking, and it's fairly cheap, so... It's like, I'll go with the gin. Have you
6: ever had the botanist gin? It goes down like water. It's real bad.
0: I haven't had that one. No, I should give it a shot. I'm not opposed to it.
6: Yeah, it, I think. Who but, does? Yeah. Trader Joe's. I don't know if they're a good or bad corporation. Oh. They're really shitty about KFM with all that.
1: No, but they can't sell that in Columbus. Trader Joe can't sell oh. uh, liquor because. What? Yeah, you're not allowed to sell liquor unless you're a state liquor place. So Trader Joe's isn't allowed to sell liquor, so we don't get none of their cheap liquor. It's What? What the hell kind of bullshit is that? Well, that's why we're anarchists. Anywhere you go, man, they're always (laughs) real
0: tight on the liquor in some fucking weird way. Everybody has their own different things. I mean, I mean, I... I didn't think... I can go to other grocery stores. Like, if I go to Kroger's, they got the liquor store there, but Trader right, Joe's.
1: Oh. And Kroger is in a separate, it's in a separate room, though. You got to walk into a different wow. room. You can't take your cart in there, and it's just all the alcohol. It's like and,
6: a weed store or something. Yeah, yes. yeah Pretty
1: much. <laughs> pretty much. Liquor laws are the worst. Yeah. I love hearing other places liquor laws because it's like they're all bad. Even in Louisiana, there's well, Louisiana the liquor laws are good actually. They they did it right. They're the only place, except for even there, you no, got to be 21 uh, to drink. So it's like, mm, yeah, that's, that's true.
6: Shit. I mean, nobody's gonna stop you for drinking like down on Bourbon Street though.
1: No, but age-
6: I feel like.
1: Brandy said it and she said age ain't nothing but a number and I totally agree with that when it comes to True drugs baby. and alcohol you know what I when it comes to drugs and alcohol wise yeah like they just chose 21 they were just like 21 is the age that you can do it and there are people <laughs> out there maybe wait till you're 21 to drink you're not ready for alcohol but there are also people that I think are ready for alcohol when they're 16 oh, yeah. or 17 it
6: was actually absolutely a- no for
0: sure it was actually Aaliyah that said that, and it was probably because Creepy S.R. Kelly made her say it.
1: Oh, it was Aaliyah, huh? Yeah. I thought it was Brandy. Damn it. She wanted to be down. Brandy wanted to be that down. That was the one. Yeah, she well, did. I tried to be cool and say age ain't nothing but a number. I wanted to just get that in.
0: Yeah, you got to get
1: those 90s refs in there. Yeah, people
0: love that shit. But well, yeah, See, but the thing about it, though, is that also what we found, though, in New Orleans, though, is you have to regulate the alcohol
1: because you can't just let people have it because it's a bad idea. Well, people act wild on it, but it's, I mean, now that I'm not in New Orleans, now that I'm not in New Orleans, I'm like, let them have it, man. Do what you're going to do there, man. Agreed. Agreed. Now that I'm here where if you walk past an invisible line, you can be arrested for drinking. (laughs) 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 I'm used to it again. If you, if you like walk out, you can't, there are, there is, okay. There's a street called Park Street and the only thing on this street is bars and you can't walk from bar to bar with your drink it makes zero
0: sense <laughs> it's all bars it's a hundred it, like they're gigantic ones too they're warehouses yeah, I bet there's
6: like cops there too waiting for somebody to walk by lots of them yeah there
1: are tons
6: of cops oh my there. god what a fucking fascist dystopia you guys live in i'm sorry
0: oh it is and they're just waiting for people to violate stuff and and take them away like that's all night long oh. they're just
1: picking people out
6: yeah oh god
1: yeah, that's it's so that's, weird. That's horrible. But dude, bro, and I'll say this too. Let me just say this: on one side of the street, Brett, all the bars are owned by the same people. It's the same fucking bar. Right? And you can't go. <laughs> that's true. There's a
0: there's a there's a, like a frat bar called Brothers, literally Bros Bar. There's one <laughs> called the uh, Cantina, and it's like a Mexican themed one where they have saddles that you sit on at the bar. You know.
1: And then next to, uh, what's what's next to it? Park there's Street? There's a saloon. There's a social club. And then Park Street. And then there's a, but, but it's just, it's a bunch of bars that are owned by the same people that do different things. And you can't walk out of the cantina and walk to the saloon or you will get arrested for an open container. Jesus.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, people are a bit more modest up here. They just want a little bit of more Christianity. They
1: drink more up here than they other parts. They drink so much. So, all the what do you guys want to do? do tonight? it
0: outside though.
1: What do y'all want to do tonight? I mean, D- well, can we drink that? Like everything that you want to do at night here is, is
0: has drink. Fucking drinking. Yeah.
6: I mean, that's kind of what I do. I mean,
0: that's life. So. That's everybody's life, really. Is like, <laughs> if I die before I wake, oh. I hope I get this next bottle of wine in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean i love the idea I, like i love the idea of drinking like so you can't do i'm it, cool with i can't I'm, you should disgusting. man i
0: think i can get you into it
1: i don't but i you feel do, bad when i do it if
0: you did shots though like i hate shots they're the worst but they're so like, short. What you
6: need that botanist the botanist i'm telling you would go down like water and yeah. you love water right?
1: I do like water. I'm a big fan of water. I can drink what I'm water. saying.
6: It's basically water. You've told with us, like forty percent alcohol by volume.
0: You've told us all on the show how terrible you were at drinking. You quit
1: drinking when you were like 19. you didn't even weren't like no. legal. You were like I tw- didn't. I well, I kinda quit drinking when I was nineteen, but I still drank for a number of years. Until twenty two what? Number I of years? I quit drinking at the last time I got drunk was twenty six, but before uh-huh but before that happened it had probably been three or four years since I'd been drunk If that makes it. sense you know what I mean But I think that like if we got you some something
0: illegal not something from a store something that somebody made so that you would feel mm-hmm. like proud yeah. to do it and you just took like two or three shots you would be so fucking relaxed
1: What about green dragon could I do green dragon which is I would weed make that and alcohol for you.
0: I'll make you a tincture? I'll do, if I can get some hold of some mean, moonshine, I'll make a tincture out of it.
1: Look, one of these days. You actually, you did do my tincture, which is one fifty-one. Yeah, one hit of it. It didn't make. I I don't like it, and I'm not gonna do it until you again for a while. But it, I want to do not enough to get drunk. It. Do it.
0: Do that shit, dude. That will fuck me up.
1: I know. You love getting fucked up. Though. I know. Like I your should favorite do it. Thing. I haven't
0: even been fucked up in
1: a good long time. No, you are not I was uh, hanging with you the other night. I tried to get you to do shrooms <laughs> with me. You had your daughter. <laughs> I was like, let's do some fucking mushrooms. You want to microdose some shrooms? And he's like, not really. I got this teen that's never home. Man, I'm bored. I should have. It would have been week. fun. Yeah, maybe have. next week. Was, uh, I think I got plans yeah, next yeah. week, but I can figure that. I can like balance that out and make something happen.
6: I mean, really. When are you guys going to do the Foxy? we got to get When's a
1: video. We're going to do a video for that one.
0: Yeah, we're setting up Number a studio
1: five. now, a temporary studio in the basement until we get the office, and we'll be able to do video and stuff like that. Maybe we'll.
0: I'll, do, I'll definitely do a Foxy video. Figure some stuff out.
1: Brett will do it. Yeah, I'll probably film it or actually hide. <laughs> Brian will just ask something. me the
0: questions.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Foxy Methoxy guy. It seems I, I am nervous about that stuff. I, I'll eat mushrooms Did you and that's guys
6: it. Give me thing called like four ACO DMT. I've
0: never heard of that. I have no idea what that is.
6: That is a bucket of fun, I'll tell you what. So uh, it's it's like mushrooms basically. It metabolizes into like psilocybin or psilocin when you eat it. Okay. And uh, I weighed it out on a milligram scale and I think it was fucked up because it said like I think forty. And that, that couldn't have been right. So I probably overdosed. But okay. uh, about 15 minutes after taking it, like lions were jumping out of the walls. And I was oh, like, shit. I need to go lay down. It's going to be a long night. Yeah, and, and I basically, like, I just.
0: Any hangover I was, like, or, cramps or anything? Everything and nothing.
6: Like, nothing like i said i felt so good the next day like during the experience it was just like i'm melting and i'm a bird and i'm like rolling under the magma <laughs> in the earth simultaneously <laughs> yes. expanding outward and inward like microscopic oh, in like I galaxies need
0: i need that in my it life. was just
6: like it like obliterated me and like the walls were screaming but it was a good kind of thing it was it was a it was a a-plus okay, experience.
0: I'm writing that down right now. Please DM me the name of the guy that you know that can get a hold of that shit.
6: Uh it's been a while. But, uh, <laughs> no,
0: it's fine. No, oh. I'm into it though. I mean, I, I would. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I, I, would, yeah. I would. Hope we can get some hand, get our hands on that. Yeah, it's
6: good stuff. But uh, yeah, I was into all that stuff like I want to say like six or seven years ago. Like, you could just go onto, like, websites, and just with PayPal, you would just, like, send some money to this guy, and then they would just, you would have yeah, I research miss- chemicals in your mailbox. Yeah, I missed that.
0: Wild. I was not on that. I was not into that. I definitely would have, I feel like, at a certain time, if I would have had the opportunity, but, like, I just did miss the boat on that one eventually but i'm glad i'm glad you all are getting me involved into this i'm glad you're you're welcome yeah welcoming an old dog into this new research chemical games and letting me know about the cool stuff i appreciate the information and thanks for calling in Mm -hmm. uh do you have a twitter or a podcast or uh, no
6: i'm like on facebook that's it everything else i kind of just like you're so fucking cool dude
0: that's so cool man thank you for calling in (laughs)
6: Have a, Have a good one. Have a good one. Take
0: it easy. Peace. Peace. I love it when somebody's not on that social. I thought about deleting my Twitter today. I did. Because I would just do the street fight one. The one I do for it's me... That's brave. That's like dying. The one I do for me is really all it does is push all of my bands in town. Like... Uh, Notifications. Like, if I say I'm interested in a concert, it'll send a tweet out. I don't know how to unlink it at
3: all. <laughs>
0: it's one, I'm so embarrassed. Every time I, I'll, like, be super lit up in the middle of the night and be on the Bands in Town app and marking all these concerts I want to go to. And then I'll get these Twitter for notifications of people that are like, "What well, the fuck would you go see that? And I'm like, I, I didn't want you to know that I was going to go see
1: that. <laughs> Brett just likes things. He's like, Brett's very generous with his like interested list they
0: got bad at me because i wanted to go see diana crawl they're like this is way too normy for you
1: it is a pro- maybe too yeah it's like
0: it's like barnes and noble cd level yeah that okay yeah don't it's like a 27 dollars cd Paul. that people most people that bought that cd for diana crawl paid 26.95 out of barnes and noble okay okay well Get that.
1: Go see it's Diana good, Crawl. All right, <laughs> she's good.
0: She knows what she's doing. We are going to take a break here. Thanks for listening into the show so far. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people on the line. I believe we can get you in. There's enough time. Keep listening to Street Fight Radio. We will be back after this song.
7: Oh, huh? Down there, looking up, and out my way, come up here, but I don't see you waving now. I'm way down here, wondering how I'm gonna get to you, but I know now, I'll just cry, cry, I'll just cry. for one heart to be crying too many teardrops for one heart to carry on you're gonna cry 96 tears you're gonna cry 96 tears you're gonna cry crack, cry cry, cry now. you're gonna crack. Let me hear you cry now I'm 96 tears I wanna hear you cry is and day Yeah, all night long I'm 96 tears Cry, cry, cry Come on, baby, let me hear you cry
0: Every single week at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do our call in show. The number is 614 412 5252. I wouldn't recommend calling in right now, the lines are pretty much full. We're trying to get everybody in if we can. Thank you for listening to the show. We're coming to you live out of the Free Press Studios here in downtown Columbus, Ohio. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. This is WCRS-FM 92.7 or 98.3 here in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for being here, and thanks for listening to Street Fight. If you want to find more of what we do, go to streetfightradio.com. We also do a show outside of this call-in show, just Brian and I in the studio, talking trash and figuring out the world. You can find us on iTunes and any of the Android or Google Play podcasting apps. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I mentioned, you know, I stepped in it this week as far as Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts go, which I didn't think was probably the most, I didn't think it was going to be the most well-received, although nobody, you know, gave me any shit about it. But uh, later this week, we're going to talk to Spoka about their opinion on the issue to give a more well-rounded thing there. And to be honest... I'll tell you what, the only reason I do that is because I just we've done this show for so long and to come on and just do a show where me and you agree with each other just isn't enough for me. That doesn't make me want to put put it out on the
1: airwaves, you know what I mean? No. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you just gotta we're having a discussion here and a lot of it's free flowing. Uh Brett doesn't know what I'm gonna bring up on the show before we start and you know. Sometimes things aren't as well considered. Honestly, like for me, when we talked about that, I was just kind of like, we're probably not great authorities on it. And it's nice to have somebody come on. We just had Erica call in and talk about it. And, you know, we're going to have somebody else on to talk about it. And and that's the best that we, that's really where we can do what the right thing is. I talk about how I feel about it. I mean, my opinions aren't always, uh, first of all, I was not ready to defend it <laughs> when we when we started talking about it. I thought we maybe I don't know. We got sometimes when you're down in that basement, we get a little more serious and, and we have a conversation. And I don't know.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I just I don't know. I, I just don't want to do a show. Where it's like Rachel Maddow, where she comes on and tells everybody why people are mad about this or that. And then they just go on with their day to day. I mean, there's something there to be talked about that's deeper than what the dum-dums are going on about. So that's what I'm going for, (laughs) at least. Yeah, yeah. Let's see who's on these phone lines here. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? How are you doing tonight? Oh, shit, you're turned all the way down. Hold on just a second.
1: There you are. Hey hey, there.
8: Hey, this is John in Memphis. Can you all hear me now? We
1: can definitely uh. hear you. We love you, John.
8: Hey, man. Hey, so uh, I'm calling in. I got a couple things to run by, y'all. Okay. Um, first of all, um, Pump Up the Volume, underrated classic of cinema. Uh, y'all mentioned it a while back, and I uh, that was uh, a movie that was a formative experience for me as a teenager, and so... Um, I really dug um, that that someone else um, not only really dug that movie, but kind of transitioned it into like a lifestyle and career.
1: (laughs) You know what? I'm going to tell you this. Learn. I don't Uh know if you're on Twitch or anything like that, but we're we're getting our stuff set up, and I think the first Twitch stream is going to be pump up the volume but you won't be able to like you'll have to watch it at that time because we won't be able to leave it up because they'll cut us off but we are going to do a pump up the volume thing because that that movie is too important to me not to talk about on this show (laughs) I love that he had like the whole setup in his basement and then he had like his parents like he had it but he had it all hidden so his parents couldn't Uh come down there and see him do it and it's like how the fuck did he get a whole radio station without his parents knowing in his basement? Don't you gotta have like a, a, a satellite tower or, or a um or an antenna for that back then God what a great movie jeez
0: yeah. yeah for me i I was uh I really don't know why that movie's left out I mean that Brian and I we, whenever we have conversations off the show about nostalgia and stuff it's that like people. Sure, they latch on to these, like, mainstay things like boys to men or something. But there are these other Uh things that were going on at the time that were way, like, way more impactful. That were just really breaking barriers and telling this weird story. You know, and Christian Slater at the time, too. Uh I mean, he was – we talked about – there's a few people that have messaged the page and sent us messages on Instagram that were like, when I was a kid, Christian Slater was like the guy that I was looking up to. You me know? too. Like I was. He, he was. Oh, yeah. He was such a like a, a cultural mainstay. Like he was a. He represented that type of guy that was cool and alternative, but wasn't like too much of an asshole. You yeah. know.
1: My uh, whole fifth grade year, I had a spiked hair. My parents wouldn't let me dye it blonde, but it was spiked. I went with the, with the tall spike. And I went with a uh, – always wore a T-shirt with a button-up short sleeve shirt over it and a pair of shorts so I could look exactly like Christian Slater in Gleaming the Cube. I just thought he was – I mean, like, I'm probably still <laughs> kind of trying to look like Christian Slater in Gleaming the Cube at this age. <laughs> like, he was yeah. such a – th- that dude, I thought he – at that time, I, I it would be hard for me to name any cooler people than him for some reason. <laughs>
8: Yeah. So to transition from that, um, so I got a chance to live out my mobile pirate DJ fantasies a while back. I'm going to tell y'all a story about kind of what's been going on in Memphis since last time I called. I believe last time I called you, we were uh, working with the Five for 15 Poor People's Campaign. We shut down the McDonald's. Um, my buddy Antonio has since been shutting down McDonald's all up and down the Mississippi River. Yeah. It's been pretty awesome.
1: That is awesome.
8: So so anyway, um, I'm involved with this group in Memphis called the Coalition of Concerned Citizens. It's um, people from a bunch of different groups like DSA, Fight for 15, um, just a whole bunch of different folks, folks from uh, Take Them Down 901, the local uh, group that uh, led the protest to take down a Confederate statues on public property in Memphis, a lot of different folks. And so um, for the anniversary of um, the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King, uh, the 50th anniversary, the city had planned um, a whole bunch of stuff on uh, April 4th, um, about a month ago. And so um, we had planned a protest um, for April 3rd to sort of highlight The discrepancy between the city's official line and the official recognition of martin luther king and the city's failure to sort of live up to what martin luther king was talking about Um, and so we conceived of a protest we called it the rolling block party um, as uh, one of the guys in our group said "Um, we're going to roll we're going to block and then we're going to party um that's a great plan basically i had uh i had an fm transmitter um in my car and about 16 of us um different cars um about uh 40 50 of us all told um rolled to the employee entrance of the fedex hub here in memphis and shut down traffic and had a big party right at the entrance uh now at that point it didn't really cause any damage or anything um, but as um, one of the people with the organization said, we can do the same thing when FedEx is uh, doing shift change for their employees, and we can stop many millions of dollars of packages from going in and out of Memphis. Um, we basically have the capability to stop traffic and, and stop all the packages and delay everybody's packages for a day and cause FedEx millions of dollars of damage Damn. The reason we were bringing this up was to highlight, you know, FedEx is not hiring people at a living wage. You start out thirteen bucks an hour at FedEx, and I mean, y'all work the warehouse work. You know how you know moving boxes. It ain't an easy job. It'll it'll burn you out. You get injured. Um, a lot of hard work going on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're I mean so, um, I, I mean I'm you're training in time. My, my dad's a uh, fire break layer. And like his lungs are mm-hmm. just filled with dust, like he's drying out from the inside because of his work. And I did a lot of the same with box dust, and I got a, a wrist injury. I mean, you, those those type of jobs, you are mm-hmm. trading in like your physical health for your paycheck.
8: Oh yeah, and so um, so basically that 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 part was was a success. Um, and then um, we're also working uh, with another group. Um, it's uh, Communities United in One Voice. My, my Spanish is terrible. I'm not going to uh, say in Spanish, but CUV. Uh, was a group here in town um, fighting for, for immigrants' rights. And um, we had a protest um, at the county jail highlighting how the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, basically the, the local police, were working hand-in-hand with ICE, helping them with the deportations, holding people indefinitely, um, Saying that we're, you know, a welcoming city, quote-unquote, we're not working with ICE, and yet we're honoring ICE voluntary holds for people. And um, what happened at that one was that, and this is, this is literally, while people are downtown celebrating the life of Martin Luther King, we've got, you know, living legends from the Civil Rights Movement um, giving speeches downtown while this is happening. Um, there was a local journalist, Manuel Duran, um, who, uh, runs the Spanish language Memphis Noticias, basically one of the local Spanish language uh, news outlets. And he was covering the protest. He was targeted by the local police, bagged up, held for ice while the city was lying, saying it wasn't held for ice, and basically thrown in a van, driven six hours to Louisiana, is now being held in detention in louisiana by ice for covering a protest about how the city was working with ice i couldn't write this if i wrote this down ahead of time people would have complained that i was making up too cartoonish of a villain this is this is awful shit um... so that's what's been going on in memphis so free manuel Duran and uh... i'm gonna post up in the group some information about manuel's work and also how um you can send them some mail help them out so
0: yeah we would uh, we would be happy to to send that information along and so this is i mean this is just suspicions uh-huh. of basically if like if you're against ICE then you're you know you might be eligible for deportation basically
2: oh yeah
8: yeah no they've been they've been they've been there was a case where they they held a citizen for something like 1400 days and then his suit for false imprisonment got thrown out because the statute of limitations of false imprisonment fell when he was still in jail. Oh, God. Wow. Like, no, it's a Kafkaesque a nightmare. nightmare, and I know people hate that word. Yeah, no. but, like, it's just it's, it's awful stuff. We got, you know, a Gestapo running around in ICE here, and, um, you know, the, it's very shady. People don't know what they're doing. Again, they're locking up U.S. citizens. They're locking up people with all their paperwork in order, and so, you know, Defund ICE is, is where I'm going with that. Free Manuel well, Duran. Defund ICE.
0: Well, um, I, I mean they've they've made uh, every single Latinx uh, person a suspect a suspect now.
8: Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, there's you know, and I hear stories from people talking about like the cops will stop them and they'll be like, oh, I thought you were undocumented because you were brown looking, <laughs> you know, shit like that. Sure, and stuff like that happens all the time. But um, so I'm I'm gonna you know I've I've been ranting a little bit here. I'm going to cut off with my last shout out here, um, for the poor people's campaign, um, which I've been involved with, um, is doing 40 days of action starting on mother's day. And so we're going to have uh, demonstrations in something. I, I forget the final count between 30 and 40 state capitals, including Columbus, Ohio, um, every Monday, starting the Monday after mother's day. And, uh, the plan is, um, We've got people signed up for civil disobedience. Um, There will be people doing nonviolent direct action in every state capital we're working in. Um, Wow, that's incredible. Shutting things down, getting things started. So if y'all want to follow that, if y'all want to get involved with that, um, Poor People's Campaign on on Twitter, Facebook, um, all the social media. Get get hooked up with your local state, um, Poor People's Campaign people. If you want to be involved in the direct action, we're still doing training. You got to go to the training to do the direct action. Um, we want to make sure people aren't going to be popping off, you know. I love it. Violating, as it were.
0: No, I love um, it, man. You got, I mean, you got to have this stuff thought out. That's the only way you can get it done.
8: So, if people want to get involved, I say, you know, get involved. We'd love to have you,
0: man. We so, got to get down um, to Memphis. I'm telling you right now, I got, I got to shake your hand, man. I, I really do. I, I love the tone and timbre of your voice. And when you call in and the stuff that you're doing, is just so inspiring, man. I really appreciate you.
8: Oh, man, I appreciate y'all. You know, y'all giving people a platform with this call-in show. Not only just talk about, you know, life and, and, and shitty jobs and bosses and basically the grind under late capitalism, which, you know, happy one's birthday, Marks, um, eight, you know, May 5th. Um, so if you don't want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, celebrate Marx's birthday. Um, that always works. Um,
1: or uh what was this year's kentucky derby which i don't like i told my wife like i um, did shove a carrot up that horse's ass i think i heard i don't know for sure but um, it's probably bad
8: yeah hunter s thompson wrote uh an article called the kentucky derby is decadent and depraved yes. I, I, it's good reading it tells you everything you need to know about that
2: despicable horse race
1: sweet all right well thanks for calling in and and we will keep calling. Let us know what's going on. We got to get down to Memphis. We will get down to Memphis.
0: And if you send me, if you send me, uh-huh. send me any of the relevant links and stuff. I'm gonna, I'll do my due diligence and look up all this stuff. But if you can send it to him, make him make it easier for me. I'll, I'll make sure we spread the word.
8: All right, man. Thanks, thanks, y'all. Thanks for giving people a platform. I, I love what y'all do. Street fight for life.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night.
1: Yeah, I love it when he calls in. I do too, I do too. That's real action right there. All kinds of knocking shutting down and now that I know he's a pump up the volume head like me. <laughs> I know, I know. He gets down with uh Harry Hard on. Yeah, happy Harry Hard on. <laughs> that's his name, man. That's yeah. a, that that's the best movie. But yeah, shutting down McDonalds is cool.
0: Well, yeah, Pump Up the Volume is really I think when I saw it, I wasn't a kid. I was just more in the age of collecting cool shit. Where I heard there was a cool movie called Pump Up the Volume, so I watched it when I was probably nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. And it still instil- it instilled in me some sort of thing that still is relevant to the day, to this day. It was something about like, at that point, I started dreaming up having a panel van that I could drive around Columbus that would just block out the airwaves of all the radio stations that I didn't like. <laughs> I wanted to do like real pirate radio after I saw that. That's breaking the nap, though. He had the government after him and everything too. Uh, The FCC, they had
1: FCC and big yellow trucks that said FCC on the side. (laughs) I can't wait for this. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that'll be our. That's the premiere of the. That'll be our first event on Twitch.
0: Right. I like it. All right. Let's see who's on the lines here next. We got to get rolling. This person waiting almost an hour. My goodness. Thank you for calling Street Fire Radio. Who were we talking to?
9: Hey, y'all, it's Kate Whitco in Indianapolis. Hey! Uh, howdy! How's it going? <laughs> it's
1: going good. How are y'all? We're great. I'm glad you got in. You, you said you were getting busy. You sent me a thing saying you were getting busy signals. I'm like, well, I wish people never got busy signals on this show. No, it was just,
9: uh, I don't call in often obviously so i wasn't sure if i was even like listening to a live thing or <laughs> what I don't
1: know. anyway the whole thing <laughs> yeah it's but a like weird. maybe they
9: do repeats, i don't know
1: <laughs> it's a weird situation yeah i don't know if we're going to take any days off for a while i i think the, like the next as long as we don't book anything the next day off would probably be memorial day i do not think we're going to do a call-in show because we'll probably be doing something else we'll be together still A couple of buddies just being together, doing stuff. I like taking on Father's Day. I like the Father's Day takeoff. We'll we'll see. We'll see what we do here. You know, I'm not going to make any promises right now. Maybe we'll (laughs) want to do the show on Father's Day. Maybe we won't even have to do that show on Father's Day because we have a live show around Father's Day. I mean, I could go do a live show on Father's Day. We got a month and a half before that.
0: Ooh, Father's
1: Day show would be great. (laughs) We
0: could just c- c- go complain about the thermostat. Our kid. We could do. I could go up there and just complain about Gwen for an hour. Damn. Okay. Let's put that on the back burner.
1: All right. What's going on, Kate? Uh,
9: I made an appointment in my uh, calendar to call in and get y'all riled up about uh, pedal bars and pub calls. Cause fuck that bullshit, <laughs> fuck it, I hate it. What, what do you <laughs> I hate mean? It so
0: much. <laughs> oh come on, That's good, uh, wholesome fun.
1: No, it's not. Oh my god.
9: Can I tell you a story? Oh, no. Can I tell? I'll We're tell. We're
4: talking a story about
1: about a pedal wagon. I can tell you the story that I said these should be outlawed. At that point, I was mm-hmm. with my family. We're walking down in the in the neighborhood that the pedal wagon rides on. We Pet,
0: went. Well, pedal
1: wagon means.
0: Like a dozen people sit in front of a bar and they have like bicycle pedals and it rolls down like the main strip of wherever your
1: downtown is. Blocks traffic and plays loud music yeah. and they can't resist mm-hmm. yelling at people that are walking down the street so Woo! it was just like i'm walking with my wife and my daughter and we're walking down the street at 7:30 at night you know i'm not i don't have my kid out at two in the morning or anything and this this pedal wagon comes by full of women and they just yell show me your dick and i was just like what the hell dude <laughs> Show some uh, some decor. I'm not like a big decorum guy. I'm like, it wouldn't even offend me. It didn't offend me at all. I'm like, I'm pretty open with my daughter. Imagine you're some rube that came in from like out of town. (laughs) You come rolling into town and you're walking with your family and you're like, Oh, it's a very nice neighborhood. We're out here walking around. And then some somebody else show me your dick off of a thing. That's going <laughs> to paint a sour taste in your mouth. And then this week, I was walking <laughs> on campus during the senior pub crawl. And it was bad. It was just, I felt like, Dah, this is too much for me. Uh, well, you know what,
0: actually, you know I like about those like pedal wagon bar things is that whenever they go by, I just lift up my shirt and show them my tits and then they go nuts. (laughs) It's like really easy thing to do. And if you show them some skin, then like it makes them go nuts. So that's the other side of it. That's how you manage up Brian. I don't know, man. Like the,
9: it's, it's the traffic blocking thing. It's the, like, loud, annoying bullshit, the same that you get with pub calls, but it's somehow mobile and in your way when you're just trying to get home from fucking work. And then on top of that, like, at least the ones here, there's, like, two different companies. They, like, you have to provide your own booze. Like, there's oh, not even, no. like, an incentive. It's, like, you just ride around on these things. You have to buy the, like... The beer, liquor, whatever the hell they allow you to drink, like it's a total like to racket.
0: Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's really shitty. When I went, when I was in Denver, it was really bad. My wife was pregnant, so she was going to bed at like seven at night, and I would go out, mm. and there was just people riding around. Now they could pour drinks from it, which I think might have been a problem. But I mean, if you can bring your own, that's also a problem because you can afford way more once you can bring your own.
9: Yeah, I think they've got like deals or something where you can like get like a little pony keg or something in there, but like that's still like it's a, it's a ton more than it would just be to like hang out with some pals in your backyard or whatever with you know a keg. It's like so much like more expensive and it's uh, in, it's in and it's in my damn way. That's why I don't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say that it is like it's like one of those Tesla things where I've never even been close to being on one. Like I've done a lot of different things and been to a lot of different places in my life, but I've never been even close to affording a seat on one of those pedal car fucking bars, yeah. whatever it is. It's expensive. It's crazy expensive. And then all you Seriously. do is just be ridiculous on it. <laughs> Are you jealous? Anyway. Have you ever yeah. done have you ever done it?
9: I have never done it, and I am not jealous. Like the first time I saw them, like coming around because they would like clog downtown Indy uh, when I lived down there and worked down there, Uh, and it just they were they were a constant presence. Like it, it it, like you were saying, it didn't matter if it was like you know noon or like you know ten at night or like any time in between. They're just always there.
0: Yeah, the screaming and yelling. I don't know Um. why. I don't know why it's always the screaming and yelling. They just always want you involved in their thing. And that's what it's weird is, like, being, like, a pothead is that I don't ever want to, like, scream and yell at people when I'm too high. You
1: yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
9: It's the thing. I think that, that's a lot of it. Yeah.
1: I mean, the the bar crawl that I walked by, like people were jumping over the railings, and bars it. and running all over the place in the same t shirt. I'm like fine with it, dude. But I it's don't the know. Same as the. I They're mean, I'm not, not, not that fine good at drinking. Like the
0: only people that are bad at drinking end up doing those things. That's, that is okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. But it's also one of those like. Uh, it just seems so like out of hand people seem like out of hand at it and the screaming is way too much for me I get so exhausted by even just seeing them that I'm like, and the charity thing is horseshit. Let's let's get that right out of the yeah. damn charity, Barcroft. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the same as a goddamn motorcycle guy saying, "I'll ride my motorcycle poker all run. over this town." We're going on a poker run <laughs> <laughs> to raise money. <laughs> I'm gonna ride my, I'll ride this goddamn motorcycle all over this country to raise money for POWs and MIA's. It's like you ain't doing nothing, <laughs> man. You'd have been riding that bike anyway. No, you're
0: drinking for cancer, bro. We're drinking to fight cancer. That yeah, okay. that's the reason I'm throwing up in the bushes at three thirty in the afternoon after I had my fifth flight. They always give you those flights too when you show up. They're like, it's only two ounces of beer. It's like, no, it's not. You gave me too much.
1: I think it's just so much more tolerable when people are their own, They have agency. They're like, it's like a group of people, like a disparate groups of people going drinking seems okay it's when you get a hundred of them together and give them all a t-shirt yeah they yeah. become a problem at that's, that true. Point. that's true that's get,
0: true they get like a little bit of power to like <laughs> hey we're the people with the t-shirts around here <laughs>
9: <laughs> there's hey, that, uh, just, there's that, just, that middle just, section though like too many people and it's all organized so they get you know the t-shirts and shit you know four people that's just friends hanging out but like anywhere in the middle of that you're sucking up you know the bar for like an hour like if you didn't like announce that you were coming if you didn't you know let you know whatever oh patty's pub or whatever but if you didn't tell them you were coming oh, you just like totally fucked up their servers for like an hour <laughs> yeah i mean we did that when we
1: did the pittsburgh show out in pittsburgh they thought that nobody was going to show up to the show and it was a street fight Chapo thing out in pittsburgh and it was free and so many people showed up they had to call like three bartenders they had to call all their oh, bartenders no. and bring them in to do the show because like if they're not expecting you then they're not ready they're not like ready for they should have expect i understand that like that was kind of their fault but like it did illustrate to me like if this bar is not expecting anything yeah. then they're not going to be able to serve you
0: yeah but a yeah. lot yeah, but I know a lot of that I don't know. you gotta plan it out though. Like I don't people are expecting expecting you. Which is even more yeah. that can also that swings the other way where it's like you have to accommodate us. You know, we're here raising money, we're a part of this, this bar crawl, you have to respect us. Yeah, yeah. P- people run with it, man. Yeah. No, you're never, right. I never you. got into that. I never wanted to raise money with my drinking. No.
1: <laughs> I want to do scuzzy no, stuff no, with no. my drinking. That's all I
0: want to do. Yeah, I leave that shit like my... the left hand don't know what the right one does. My, <laughs> my right hand holds a beer <laughs> while my left hand is handing out charity money.
9: <laughs> sure, yeah. i yeah,
1: My, my
0: drinking
9: Christ-like? has only ever been for losing money. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you for letting us yell, Kate. I appreciate it. Somebody needed to get on here and let us go at at the uh, pedal wagons are the fucking worst, man. This is
0: the problem, though. Here's
1: the thing. I actually like it. I do like it
0: when people do feel that comfortable because it's like, what the fuck is going? There's nothing going on here. 60 fucking drunks showed up. And now it's now we got something exciting to deal with. You know, at least we're living right now. But at the same time, when yeah. you know we give those people that extra inch and we don't let anyone do anything else besides the drink, it's like obviously this is going to be an issue because this is not for everybody. Not everybody can 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 go on a bar crawl and make it out. Most people
1: can't from what I've seen. No. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. make it all the way through the thing. Well,
9: yeah, having a good time is cool, being a jerk is not. That's,
0: yes, that is perfect. <laughs> Let's put that on a T-shirt. Thank you for calling Kate. She's at uh, (laughs) at Kate Witko on Twitter, right? Is there an underscore? Yep. No
1: underscores.
0: No underscore. I don't know. I don't know on Twitter. (laughs) I'm not that cool. (laughs) It's K-A-T-E-W-I-T-K-O. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, those things are one... You know, it's like, uh, we run a party show, but then you're like, I don't like the fucking way you guys party like in gals too. <laughs> well, some yeah. of y'all party too fucking wrong. Loud. Yeah. Obnoxious, overbearing. I mean, it's, it's. it's I mean, people that are doing those pedal car brewery things are also wearing sombra- sombreros on Cinco de Mayo, yes. right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I always, it, it always feels like such a wrong thing to say because it's like a gendered thing, but bachelorette parties drive me crazy. Like, I'm like, calm down a little bit, man. Shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure <laughs> bachelor bad- parties are bad too, but they always. Like, they always, like, put themselves in, like, a a strip – some place where I don't have to see them, you know? Like, a bachelorette party tends to, like – Take over wherever they're at. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was at the
0: mall, and there was someone doing a bachelor party, and they were totally fucking twisted. Like, they probably just had, like, a boozy brunch at a cheesecake factory, and were running around yelling at at a Barnes & Noble's. Yeah, 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 at a Barnes & Noble's. I know. I was I was like I couldn't believe it when I saw it <laughs> that you would have a bachelorette party at the mall.
1: Barnes & Noble is basically um the library bar- the library now. Yeah, it's like the privatized library. So you can't you can't act like a maniac in a Barnes & Noble anymore. I want to get
0: on one of those cars, though, because I would totally scream at everybody that went by. They're not going to see you ever again. I know.
1: I, well, now you want to do a pedal wagon so you can be so you can I want to be, be a piece of shit. My wife wants to do one, so... You guys can set that up and Ooh. do it and then I'll fucking stand next to it with a sign that says ban these things.
0: Yeah, get rid of pedal wagons. Yeah.
1: I'm starting to feel like like the dad on footloose or something sometimes. Like where I'm like oh, You bringing the hammer down? Cool fucking down a little like, bit. Like stop it. Cool. Y'all can Come dance on. or whatever, but Yeah, let's we've not... all
0: had we've had Jaeger bombs before. Please calm it <laughs> over there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's all be cool. Let's have some self loathing when we drink. <laughs> exactly. Where's the brooding?
0: Why isn't anybody just everybody just sitting there just furrowed eyebrows at each other?
1: <laughs> yeah, gee.
0: Aren't y'all pissed about the direction your life took?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm getting yelled at in the group now. Blocking traffic and blasting music sounds street fight as hell, Brian. Yeah, but yelling at other people and and blocking traffic. And they're
0: playing. They're playing like pour some sugar on me.
1: Yeah, they're not playing good They're not trying to
0: turn you on to some... They're not playing, like, dead prez. They're not trying to, like, open up your mind or anything.
1: And they never yell anything clever from it. They usually yell, show me your dick or show me your titties.
0: Well, that's why I said That's why I like them. They're very easy to please. Like, you just show them a little bit of ball meat and they go nuts.
1: (laughs) 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 They go, it's... fuck God, what a crazy night.
0: Wow, a man's nipples. This is fucking wild. I'll never forget this. Yeah, you will. You will. Yeah. About 10 years from now you won't even remember this happened. Oh, uh, let's see who's on the, the uh, phones here. We got a few more to go. It's lightning round time. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to?
10: Hey guys, what's going on? This is Paul in Cambridge. What is
0: up, Paul? Cambridge what?
1: Massachusetts?
10: Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay, okay. Massachusetts. Taxachusetts.
1: The the altered states of Drugachusetts, Taxachusetts.
10: Tax I don't remember. We're no. We're... Um. Sorry, what are
1: you going to say? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What's going on tonight, Paul? What's going on in taxes? Oh man,
10: not much. You know, I've been enjoying the uh, the show so far. The music was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I've never heard of pump up the volume, but I'm going to be watching it, possibly even immediately after hanging up <laughs> right right now.
1: <laughs> it's the greatest. I love that movie so much.
0: Uh, yeah, it's great. It, I ah. mean, it straddles a line. It's definitely of the time that it was created in, but it also is transcendental. Like, if you can imagine what was going on and watch it and take it all in, there's a lot to it.
10: I'm very excited about that. Um, I was actually going to call in and kind of bring up one thing, uh, sort of old school. I've got a dare story that I think you guys get a kick out of. I love dare.
1: Yes, yes, please. What is it?
10: Yes. so so, uh, this is the time that a a dare officer uh, was really sawing my dick off. When I was in fifth grade uh, at the... DARE, you know, he comes into the office, uh, into our room, and he's doing his demonstrations. And at the time, this guy was doing some gang education stuff. You know, we had great. Did you guys have that?
1: Uh, we have heard of it. Yeah.
10: Okay. Yeah. Gang resistance education and training. I still remember. <laughs> and so um, the thing is, I'm, I'm a very like I never got in trouble at all. Very like sweet kid. And uh, you know, this cop was telling a story. The dare officer's name was Deputy Hatchet. I remember that and uh, this guy uh, was talking about gang members, and he said something like, yeah, you know, these guys, these, these gang members are really vicious. Uh, you know, you, you could see a group of nuns walking across the street, and they'll just pull you out of your car and just, you know, beat you up. And I, and I turned to my friend, I was like, why would nuns beat up? Like, I legitimately didn't understand his point. And immediately he was like, that's
1: it. Uh, I've had enough of your disruption. Just, just get out. Get out of the classroom. <laughs> why would you a mean... gang beat up nuns
10: and then you right. got kicked out? Yeah, it's... like
1: why would you be pissed off to see nuns? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they always they they say the same thing about like the senseless, like oh, the, they'll drive around with their lights off and you flash them and they'll dr- fall into your house and kill you. And it's like that's never happened. Why would somebody even decide to do that? Like that's not like even a like even the knockout game was only like a few instances you know what i mean like that is like a the knockout game was like less even than that it was like there's just a few times somebody walked up behind somebody and punched him in the head this is even yeah. that's never happened the cops do love yeah. spreading that stuff that they will senselessly kill somebody and you're just like no they don't they they don't want that heat, like killing, you know, when you kill somebody, the cops just come looking for you, like relentlessly. <laughs> and when you kill a group of nuns, the cops will definitely, unre- they will find you. They. It's easy for them. That's why you can't do any, that's why nobody does real crimes anymore, because you can't fake your death and disappear. Oh, yeah.
10: Yeah, but so what happened with me was, like, I think I got confused be- between – I thought he was saying that, like, the nuns would be the ones that would pull you out of the car, but he was referring to the gang members or something. And But the point is, like, I was legitimately confused with what he said. I wasn't trying to, like, stir anything up. And he sent me out, outside to sit in the hallway, which wasn't even a punishment that, like, existed. So later a teacher walked by and saw me sitting there, and she was like, what are you, what are you doing out here? And I said, like, oh, I got sent out into the hallway. And she kind of paused and was like, I've been teaching for – you know, twenty years. I've never had to send a student out of the hallway for being disruptive. <laughs> That's all cops like, I was to do, though. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, they're setting the precedent. You, they made an example out of you. Like, if you ask questions, like you just aren't for the police. Yeah, you're just a drug
1: doing, waste doing. <laughs> Yeah, they I mean the cops have one tool and that's either Silence. throw you in jail or throw you out of the room. You just have to shut up and listen to what they say. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the hallways too though. Like in my school that was a punishment where they would just send you in the hallway and you would just have to sit there all the like Yeah, I've been in hallways before. Oh god, I spent most of my time in the hallways. <laughs> Fucking cops, man. These dare officers, they don't know what the hell they're doing.
10: I feel like that story that you always hear about the three joints getting passed around, and then it comes back with four, where they're like, I better not have one of these missing. I feel like that never happened.
1: What What's that story? I don't know that story.
10: I, I feel like you always hear that one where it's like someone's giving a demonstration, and they're like, now these are real marijuana joints. Oh. I'm going to pass them around the room so you kids know what they're like. And I'm, then it's like, I better not have one missing when I get it back, and then there's an extra one that someone has left on it.
1: Let me tell you something. I can tell you for sure that they have been stolen, because my friends and i (laughs) stole the drug uh the drug display case in eighth grade all fake every one of those drugs was fake but we did we did steal it and there was a whole big to do about oh these somebody stole the damn drug kit and you know who would do that they're not even real drugs (laughs) (laughs) like well we gotta i mean you made them seem like it (laughs) Yo, yo,
0: you put in a fucking case. <laughs>
1: yeah, but bunch of idiots. You, you ran a school full of a bunch of idiots, and you handed them a case of drugs. But, yeah, we Well, you put them. a case of drugs in front of them. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. Dare was – I love Dare. I, it's such a funny, like – I can't believe they're fucking bringing it back. Like, I can't believe it's coming back from the dead. Jeff Sessions was like, it works. That. Jeff Sessions said Dare would have worked if it was a little more uh, – I guess dishonest about drugs is what he would have thought. How old are you? Uh, 30. You ever see the movie Matilda?
10: Yeah.
0: I was watching it today with my daughter. It's about this girl that's like super smart, and her ki- her parents are super dumb. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> and
0: it sounds exactly like this situation, because every time she says something smart or like asks a question, they're like, I don't like this back sass. <laughs>
1: You know what I don't like is now I have to answer a question from you. See, so you're a problem. They always make it sound like it's sarcasm. That's where the yeah. thing comes in. It's like there, you like, I, you ask me a question, you, you sarcastic little kid, and like that's probably why you got thrown in a hall. I got thrown in a hall many, many times for being sarcastic in school when I wasn't even being sarcastic. I'm like, man, this isn't fair. What about all the other times I've been terrible? but yeah i mean who is how many nuns are
0: getting in fights what's the statistics on that i mean if they're like the shaolin monk type Uh, oh shaolin nuns
1: yeah like if they if they have those i don't know if they even have them but that would be (laughs) something you know like that would be some tough-ass nuns you know well hey thanks for calling in uh we're, yeah, you, no
10: problem. Thanks for you, thanks for
1: the show. Oh, you're welcome anytime. It's it's easy. <laughs> Actually, I'm taking two days off after this and it's gonna fucking rule. But thank you for calling in. <laughs> I got no two problem. days. Two days no podcast, man. I've yeah, done like a lot of them in a row in the past two week three weeks and I'm like, oh I'm tired. Jawjacker. Those third shows are gonna be they're good. The third shows that are coming up are good. Let's uh let's speed through these calls. how much time do we have left, Brett? Looks like we've got twenty minutes to go. Okay, let's get through some calls, man. We got twenty minutes left.
0: Thank you for calling Tree Fight. Who are we talking to?
11: Hey, is this me? It's you. Hey guys, what's up? It's Ben from Ithaca. I called a few weeks ago. I was a delivery driver who worked for like the whole family.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
11: So, how's it going?
1: so far oh, so it's good great. it's great we're feeling well yeah, i think it's the, this is the been highest good. energy we've been in a
11: while what's going on yes i i was trying to maintain that energy but i got a little too drunk before <laughs> <Yeah>. i called <laughs> it's my weekend like sundays and mondays are my weekend at work so
3: yeah i
0: got i'm just
11: turned over
0: i got too drunk before i answered your call so we're on the same page
11: <laughs> okay cool anyways uh I was going to call, it a cop story, but uh I just kind of, t- that last caller kind of reminded me of a group we had at my school when I was in, like, middle school. It was the STAR program. I don't really remember what it stood for, but it was this program that, like, the quote-unquote bad kids got sent to. It was mostly just the poor kids who got in trouble. It wasn't any of those rich kids or white kids or anything but it was a program where like they made you shave your head and you wore a black sweatsuit that said star on it. Jesus that sounds
0: sounds like a FEMA can
11: it it, it, is fucked up yeah but uh, I don't know I just remember it like came about around like when I was in 6th grade and they used to just like make the kids march out at lunchtime, and they all had to stand in the line and like repeat some sort of thing and they'd have to go like before school and after school to some sort of like boot camp and they used to threaten all the kids who like <laughs> uh got like low grades or like got in trouble with it I remember like all the times I, I mean I was a shithead in school so I was always getting in trouble and stuff and uh did you what? what was your
0: did you have a thing that you made it through school right brian i did i did i actually went an extra semester to summer school but like there was no like threats of there was was there like a deca or uh like a OWE or whatever that's called did yes they never try to get you into any of that?
1: that um i asked my dad if i could get into it where you could go work at mcdonald's half the day or be a janitor half the day and he said no He probably should have said yes. I mean, that would have probably prepared me more for my life. But he said no because, oh, you're smarter than that. You should be able to handle that. And it was like, you you should be able to do school. You're just not trying. And I was like, well, no shit. I think all those other people at OWE can handle it, too, but they're not trying. Like Anybody can fucking do this. It's not that damn hard to do. School's
0: pretty easy. Just (laughs) copy down the answers from one piece of paper to
1: another one. (laughs) Yeah, anybody could have done it. I mean, I'm no better than those guys. I I even ended up working at McDonald's. So,
11: I think you just knew you were going to start a podcast one day.
1: Well, hopefully, well, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't think I thought anything. I thought I was going to be in a metal band if I was going to do something with any kind of notoriety.
11: Uh, there's still time. I mean, like, every single local metal band I go to see seems to be uh, 40-year-old white dudes. So. <laughs> I would be an awesome there's always time.
1: Yeah, I'd be great at it, except for I can't play any instruments, and my voice does not sound good when I sing or scream.
11: Uh, start a punk band. No, that's what i do.
0: That's the best answer.
11: Well, thanks for coming in. Uh,
0: we appreciate it.
11: Yeah, I just can't tell my cop story pretty quick. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I don't have Wi-Fi at home because I'm, like, poor and cheap. So, I always, like, sit in parking lots and steal Wi-Fi from places. Yeah. And the other day, I was... Uh, sitting near the public library stealing some and I noticed like this truck with like NRA stickers and stuff pull up and it turned around and kind of just like faced me for a while in a position that it didn't look like they were facing me but it kind of felt like it was and uh they drove away about after like five minutes and uh when I pulled away I noticed that there was like a cop sitting in front of the library, and this is like 1 p.m. Um, and so that I was pulling away. I knew I was going to get pulled over, and the cop just kind of like turned around and started following me. And uh, he asked me uh, why, if I knew why I was getting pulled over and stuff, and I was like, I thought it was my inspection sticker because I've been driving without in an inspection for about two months now okay so i'm always like i'm always nervous
0: sure of course
11: but uh he just told me he's like yeah so someone saw you in the parking lot and they saw you looking down for about five minutes and they said you looked suspicious so they called us
3: what and <laughs> could
11: you you're the, mean, vi-
0: you're the victim of a concerned citizen i know uh You were looking at, Uh, you were looking down, possibly at your fucking phone.
11: Yes. I mean.
0: No, I feel the same. You know, you know, actually not to back up their claim, but when I do sometimes like have to blow off time or like there's just breaks in my schedule where everything doesn't match up properly and I sit in a parking lot for 30 minutes or something, just like futzing around on my phone, same shit I would be doing wherever I was at. I do sometimes think like people have to wonder what I'm doing right now. I I I imagine. But we shouldn't be we should not be like feeding or like uh, we should not be acknowledging that type of behavior because sometimes people just have some time to blow. Most of the time.
11: Yeah, I mean I mean like and I think you can kind of tell the difference between like someone looking at their phone or someone like Loading a gun or shooting up or something. (laughs) But anyways, that's not even the crazy part of the story. I mean, it's not a crazy story, but um, after the cop kind of like had me sit in there for like 20 minutes and brought all my information back, he was being, uh, I don't know, first, uh, fuck all cops. Let me get that out of the way first, but he was like super nice about it. And as he was walking away, he said, thanks for cooperating. I love you. Wow. And and I'm like, but like, he realized what he said after he said it. And he started walking really fast and like butt tapped the back of my car and kind of corrected himself and said, I mean, have a good day.
7: (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You yeah, you know what? I have to say you sound like a nice guy. You're probably very easy to roll all over if you if they were a police officer.
3: Yeah. You make this so
0: easy. I just came and intercepted your life and tore it tore it apart, and inspected everything about you because of some concerned citizen. Thank you for making it easy. I love you for that.
11: Yeah, exactly. I appreciated it.
0: <laughs> I like that. I love you.
11: <laughs> it would be fun. It's like calling you
0: dad. Like, all right, I'll see you later, dad.
3: <laughs>
11: yeah, oh, I mean, it didn't even seem like that. I felt like his wife or something.
3: Yeah, you felt like that deep love then.
11: <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I'm like, all blue lives matter now and stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. But the hardest job in the world is a cop's wife.
11: Yeah, like, fucking, so I, uh, I don't want to hear it.
1: Yeah, because of the
0: bad sex. I don't want to hear the
11: fight for 15. <laughs> of the bad sex. Oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got him roasted. Rack em, Brett.
0: thank you for calling in man i appreciate it call us back next week (laughs) have a good night guys
1: (laughs) that was good man
0: um yeah that's that's hilarious that's just to think that like you let something like that slip where it's like you were too nice
1: i do it all the time i I
0: came i came into your life i stopped you you were at the library I came and I stopped you, inspected you, asked for your papers, and took twenty minutes of your time. I love you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love you, pal. Okay. Oh my god, that is too funny. Who was? Let's try to lightning round, these man. We're done at three hours. We're done in thirteen minutes, dude. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking it's a to? Hard three.
12: Oh, uh, what's up, y'all? you know I'm
1: binary pal from Texas. What's up? How's it going?
12: Goes well, goes well. All uh, right. I'm, I didn't. How are you? I didn't have a story for you all this time. I was just. Uh, uh, I wanted to talk about like uh, rural issues that are like getting ignored a lot uh, from our perspective. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What's going
12: on? So the town I'm the town I'm living in right now. It's like six thousand people or less. Like barely six thousand people. Uh, it's tiny. There's one bar. There's no coffee shop. And there's like a lot of government housing. Um, it's got a real bad, like the uh, economic uh, inequality is, is very, very blatant in this town because everybody's either like incredibly rich, either running like a factory or a bunch of land uh, and hiring people or very, very poor and living in a lot of this government housing. Um, and it's, uh, the town is really struggling, uh, A, because, like, all of the really old people that have lived here their whole lives, uh, don't want it to grow because they don't want, you know, people with different perspectives to come in and ruin their town.
0: Sure. multiculturalism. Uh,
2: yeah,
12: God forbid, um... But they also, uh, like, they just recently got a Walmart, and Walmart had to, like, fight the town just to get it, just to, like, be able to put in here.
0: Well, that's respectful, though. (laughs) I mean, they should make it a hard
1: time for Walmart. Always make it a hard time for Walmart.
12: Well, but the problem is that there are no jobs for anybody. So a lot of the citizens actually wanted the Walmart there just because it was like they would get a job. Like, yeah. It's one of the biggest employers
1: in town now. Yeah, a job is better than, I guess, none. Well, I mean, free money is better than a job. But yeah, a job is better than no jobs.
12: But uh, something that I've heard a lot coming from but so there's like barely any middle class here whatsoever it's very much extremely wealthy and very poor uh there's lots of government housing and one complaint that i'm constantly hearing from like you know the upper class like the people that i work for or the people that i work for hang out with you know Uh, they're always like, well, you know, the city's dying, and everybody's willing to admit that the city's dying because, like, they refuse to let a highway come through town because, you know, they didn't want the town to change. Um, But they're always complaining about how, like, oh, the government's putting in too many poor people houses. You know, there's too many government housing here. Uh, That We just need to put in different programs or something like that because it's ridiculous. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, uh, maybe pay people. And then they could have not government
1: housing. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of that. Like, I, I know that like my grandmother grew up in kind of a smaller part of the city and got a little worried when they grew some, when they built some gruesome, built some government apartments and was like, uh, and, and it was like, she just was so freaked out about it. And I was like, well, and then, you know, after a little while it's like, well, did anything happen? No. Oh, okay. Well, what are you so fucking freaked out about for that?
12: Pretty much. It's just one of those things where it's like I've never heard uh, people, including people who are even, like, liberals, saying, like, we just need less government housing because it just breeds, you know, crime, drug abuse, and all that crap.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I think everybody should have government housing, to tell you the truth. They can get rid of these damn mansions (laughs) and stuff. That's what I want. Let's just take everybody out of all the damn houses and switch them up and put everybody in a house. No, the government
0: doesn't have to own them, man. The structures exist already. We don't have to fucking suck up to a government to tell us who owns a structure that we live in. Yeah, let's... Okay. Squat squat the world.
1: Squat the world. That's (laughs) the slogan. Squat the fucking world. I love it, Brett. I love it, Zane. (laughs) Thank you.
12: No worries. I had uh, one other thing, and I was just... You know how, like, when you... uh, look at like the world from a leftist perspective, you often look and realize almost daily, just more things that are fucked up about the system we're living in. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about uh, the concept of bail and like uh, like when you commit a crime and uh, it, cause a friend of mine just got arrested for absolute bull crap. Uh, he was an act, he's an activist and they just tried to find something to get him for. Um, and that I'm currently dealing with a court case, too. And, like, my buddies had to bail me out uh, also for
13: activist stuff.
12: <laughs> um, and and the concept of, like, uh bail means, like, you're okay to be out in public as long as you're rich, even if you commit a crime.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is really the president. I I, <laughs> I agree with you. The first time I heard of it, I was like, so as long as someone has enough money you will let them amongst us. But if if they can't get enough cash together, then they aren't trustworthy.
12: Yeah, it blew my mind because it was, like, uh, so I know a guy who got, like, uh, it was a trumped-up charge, really. He got, he had a felony already, and he was at his girlfriend's house, uh, and she has a gun in her house. And then they, uh, like, raided the house, and they were like, oh, you're now a felon in possession of a firearm. Uh... And we don't have $50,000 like, uh, to bail him out. Uh, but there's some guy who could be a felon with $50,000 that you're totally all right with, like, having a gun around, I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's and what I, it comes it's down it's, to.
12: Him. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, a, it, it was one of those things, like, is I know it's always been there, and I should have seen it sooner, but it just, it blew my mind today when I went, wait a second. That's literally all that bail does is, let like, if a rich person got that same charge, then they could go right back to their gun real fast. Like, <laughs>
0: Well, I, I'll tell you what, man. As soon as I got my driver's license, what I used to always say with all of my buddies was, like, I just need to make enough money to pay for speeding tickets and I can drive how fast as I want to. You know, like, I can do whatever I want on the road as long as I can afford the tickets. Yeah, right? Well, they got them points, though. Uh, it they just they fuck you mind. with the points. If you could just pay like a service <laughs> fee for driving ninety, I mean that would be nice. But they hit you with those points, and then they eventually take it away. What do you mean points? Oh, we have a point system in Ohio. So, like, if you get a ticket, and it's uh, I think it's if it's if you're going 15 miles over the speed limits, it's considered like reckless driving, and then they put points on your license. And then once you hit like 12 points, then they just take away your license completely.
12: <laughs> Texas doesn't have that. Yeah, I mean, y'all <laughs> you all don't have like something for them to take you, like, No <laughs> personal <laughs>
0: income tax either, too, which is the shit. No like state income tax. I'm 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 proud yeah. about Texas. of my baby's from Texas. <laughs> I love y'all there. <laughs>
12: <laughs> we are fun for the most
3: part.
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, people I that I knew that. Sounds like this. Yeah, I mean the, the legislature <laughs> is all fucking garbage, but the people are not. I mean the no. people have a spirit about themselves.
12: Well, see, that's, that's funny because I got arrested right outside of our governor's mansion. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's they, the they dichotomy.
3: Suck. <laughs> they,
12: <laughs> they suck so bad.
0: Right. Well, we got, it, we, got it, we got a couple more calls. We got to answer yeah, your yeah, Sorry to the to next cut guys. you up. Get yeah. to the
12: next guys. Y'all yeah, have a good one.
0: Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. It's bonus round time. We're going to get you all in if we can. We got three in five minutes. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to?
14: Hey, it's the big guy. What's going on, guys?
1: How's up, big guy? How are you?
14: Well, I got—I just got some real quick stuff to throw in here. Uh, the last caller was talking about uh, rural issues. Uh, he was from Texas, wasn't he?
0: Absolutely. And right. uh, don't mess with it.
14: That's—that's that's something. Yeah, that's something I definitely like to see a little more discourse around is uh, rural issues. And I actually found this weekend. Uh, the Street Fight of East Kentucky, uh, Trillbilly Workers Party.
0: Have you guys heard of that podcast? Yeah, it's a good one. We were trying to hook them up. They were The funny thing is we were going to have them on as, like, surprise guests for our Asheville show, but they were in Columbus oh, on the night man. that we did Asheville. <laughs> so there was, like, a complete That's opposite funny. day situation.
14: Was, you all know, swap cities. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I don't really know what else I had to talk. Oh, it, real quick. Is it racist to buy tequila for Cinco de Mayo if I'm white?
1: That- no, you're allowed to enjoy the stuff. It's just about, like, don't put a sombrero on and all that stuff. And- oh, no, no, and- no, 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 and no, no. And also-, no, no, no
0: yeah. and also, Cinco de Mayo is not the Mexican Independence Day. Like, as long as you don't celebrate it as Mexicans' Independence Day, I think that helps as we well. Not.
14: We did not. We celebrated it as. Uh, by, I think we, we decided it was the day that, uh, the Mexican army drove out the French from, uh, a city down there. I don't That's know. it.
0: Puebla, uh, Pueblo, Mexico. You're right. You got the right one. Oh, okay. No, I, I actually, right, I so watched, I watched this really cheeky video where this guy was like, Americans are welcome to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. You just got to make sure you do it for the right reasons and not wear a sombrero. And he explained that, like, Napoleon III sent a whole bunch of troops to Pueblo, Mexico, to try to take a debt from Mexico, but also go to help the Confederate troops. So that way they would increase the cotton exports of the United States of America and end this stupid civil war. And uh, Mexico shut them the fuck down. So... Once again, I mean, they, oh, they well, shut down I'm the... I'm
14: glad con- I celebrated that. Yeah,
0: they shut down the Confederates. I'm glad Confederates. I celebrated
14: that, then, because uh, fuck, fuck Napoleon and fuck the Confederacy. <laughs> right, I mean, that's
2: two big, bad the only, names. The only Rebel flag...
14: The only Rebel flag I'm flying down here is the... Uh, f- FARC? What is that? I don't know.
0: The black flag. Right? The Pirates flag. That's yeah. I'm, I'm doing the red and yeah, black. Yeah, I, I fly... That's I fly the
14: red and black Rebel flag. That's my... Uh, not really stars, but bars.
0: Right. Really my bars. Real rebel shit.
14: Real rebel shit. Real, real. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for taking my call.
0: <laughs> I appreciate hey, it. Thank you for calling. Thanks for hanging on the line. We always appreciate it, as always. That's as big as your dad, everybody. Thank you. Let's see. we got two more to go. We're going to go over the three out. I think we're going to break our rules like anarchists do, but we got two more to go. go. I think we can get them both in.
1: All right. I'm starving, man.
0: <laughs> I need some French fries. Fry Lovers XL night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, is this me?
13: It is.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Max from Tucson. How's it going? What's up? How's it going, Max? Pretty
13: good. So I actually DMed Brian like a couple months ago. With a story to tell, and I never got around to it just because I'm a fucking pothead. But uh, I have a right-wing celebrity story to tell.
0: Nice. Ooh, okay, go for it. have a lot of these.
13: So I work at a, uh, a luxury resort and conference center, and we had a Freedom Expo a couple weeks ago.
3: Yeah, lot ring.
13: <laughs> but yeah, so basically my job is to like mic up people and make sure that they can be heard in the big ballrooms and stuff. And uh, the big act of the night was Ryan Bundy
10: of the oh, Bundy
0: Ranchers. He's doing like junkets. <laughs> he's, he's doing. celebs? <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, man. yeah, they, they just
1: so they, they they
13: pay him
0: to to go speak places
13: and call the government bad.
0: Fuck, we we did Basically. this show for seven years, and all we could all we had to do was take over a wildlife reserve, and we could get that speaker fee. <laughs>
13: get that big money. Yeah, um, so, so that was, like, the big star of the night, and I have a little bit more to say about that, but I just want to, like, go through a few more. Uh, John McNaughton, have you ever seen those paintings that are, like, uh, one's called The Forgotten Man, and it's, like, Obama stepping out of the Constitution and all the founding fathers behind him just face bombing?
0: Yeah, I've seen that. John, M- John McNaughton did the one recently where Donald Trump is sitting on a park bench in the woods and he's, like, baiting right, a that He's baiting a hook.
13: That one's called Forgotten No Longer.
0: Right. He's baiting a hook for a young man that is wearing, like, a hooded sweatshirt. And his books are sitting near the park bench. And the title of his books are Social what is it, "Social Justice and
1: Socialism? I think one of them is Socialism. I'm looking right. it up right now.
13: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was him, and then... You mic that the, guy? One of the... Do I like that guy, the paintings? No, you,
1: no, you mic'd, mic'd him. him.
13: Like, you... you oh, play- I mic'd him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came up and talked about... I mean, he actually, like, showed his paintings a lot, and people were, like, laughing in the crowd, so it was kind of interesting that...
2: <laughs> oh, wow, that's a tough like, some degree
13: of self-awareness there.
1: Yikes. I don't
13: know. Yeah, uh, oh, the writer of American Sniper, he was, like, one of the first ones up, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting.
1: I thought that was Chris Kyle. I guess I'm wrong. No,
13: no. So Chris Kyle is, is the sniper. The guy yeah. who wrote it, who wrote the, who wrote the book, was there.
1: Though. I'll bet he considers himself a troop. I'll bet you money the guy that wrote <laughs> American Sniper considers himself a, a like a, a sniper type troop. What do you think, you, Brett? Yeah, you, I, I mean, he in his mind, no one wants
0: to hear these stories. <laughs> we tell stories about these brave men and women that spread and manifest destiny across the country, across the globe. People don't want to hear this shit, man. I get snuffed every time I go to a big publisher. He thinks publisher. he's the journalist
13: from uh, from Full Mail Jacket. He's like that kind of troop.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, how? Yes. Like, were so were they like despicable human beings, or did they have a little bit of pleasantries?
13: Uh, I mean, you know, it was all just kind of like like there's a problem in our country, and it's all these softy. People who make up their own genders, like that—that right. that was like the gist of a lot of the speeches they were giving. But uh, I don't know. With with the Bundy, I, like it was interesting for a while because he did talk about how, like, when he went to jail, he like met a lot of people who he felt shouldn't be in jail, and like that's cool. he has like a strong distaste distaste for the police now. And I thought, like, you know, there's some, there there might be some possibility of reaching those types of people, but then. They probably only think that about themselves, and not about like black people or minorities or poor people.
0: Yeah, that's always so, a disconnect, <laughs> man. That's that's what sucks. I mean, seriously, that's all the all the I'm related to only Bundys. Like, I, I married <laughs> I married a woman that is a from Bundy stock. I'm from Bundy stock, and those folks talk about like civil war, like everyone is coming down upon them just because they want to be American and Christian. You know, like, they think that, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. all the the entire world is working against them because they want to do that. And, uh yeah, that's kind of hard to make sense of because, you know, th- like, they they might learn something, but they're probably not going to.
13: Yeah, and, I mean, I, I like tend to agree with them. Like, yeah, like, the cops shouldn't be out shooting protesters even if you are trying to, like, take the state's land or something. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I
1: know they're not going to be on our side. So. Yeah, I wonder what they want to do with the but police. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have some private police. I'd love right. it if Walmart could run the police. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Elon Musk could make the- a police robot man.
0: I'd like to have a monthly right. subscription police to uh, a monthly subscription fee to the police of my choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you sell your child to the local police.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one that you trust. The, the police you like. You then they come to your they come to the hospital like s- representatives from all the different private police corporations come to the hospital and they wait for babies to be born and then before you're discharged from the hospital, you sell your baby to the right police department and that's the one that will protect them from cradle to the grave right yeah yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah and they be,
0: a- that kid becomes a police officer right in the one that you chose in the organization you chose they make that firstborn. The,
1: the firstborn, but then the secondborn. Right, could you be get all, you can have all
0: want, the babies yeah. you want after the first one. Yeah, but the first <laughs> one <laughs> you got to contribute one to the police department. And maybe of your if choice. your
1: kid's not like cut out because, like, I know I wasn't cut out. Well, I got, I guess I probably could have been shaped into policing, but, but you like, would be
0: more into the lax police. Like that's the thing, though, is that like you would create lazy police officers.
1: That's true. I would start a police department and create the lazy police department. <laughs> right. The. Totally. Putting it
0: off until tomorrow, please. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'm actually, I'm just driving
13: between job sites. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys. And uh, I had you in my ear for the past, like, hour or so. It's just been making this night pretty uh, bearable.
1: Oh, thank you. That's
13: how it always is. So. Yeah, i so, so you So thanks called in. For, for doing what you do.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it. Final call of the I'll night. I'll try to call uh, with more time next time. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. We got the final call of the night next. Somebody called in at five minutes to go. We're done. One more? We'll take the last call. This last call. person has been waiting last for like a call. half hour. Last call. This is the last call.
1: Closing time. I wish I knew one yeah, more word of that song. Open up
0: your doors. One and last let call, let call for you,
7: alcohol.
0: Let you out you into some. the world.
1: How's it going?
10: You got some... <laughs> Hey, you guys, you guys should let the other caller take it. Uh, it's just This is me. It's Paul from Cambridge again. I was just calling back in to listen.
1: Oh, okay. All right. No, let's we, take this last call
10: then. No, I kind of already called.
1: Off. No, I shut him off. All right. Well, we're done. Paul got us an early night off the books there. We, get, we get, It's French fry time, baby. Paul, how'd you find out about Street Fight?
10: Uh, Chapo guys.
1: They oh, they're the best listeners. I know. They're just, I mean, we just had mad on this have been listening to
10: you guys week. ever since.
0: We should pay him a
1: stipend, maybe. No. They got, they're, <laughs> they're doing fine they're yeah. doing fine they um <laughs> we're gonna we, but matt was just on uh i just did a third show with matt chrisman which is actually yeah, i heard it for people who don't know that is the first chopo matt third show he hadn't been on since the month before Chapo started when i had him and will on when you got busted for weed No, he also did a solo show with us. He was our first guest before anybody else. No, what I'm saying is that he the the last time Matt was on Street Fight was the month before they started Choppa when I had him and Will co-host with me because you got busted for weed. That was the last time he did an episode of Street Fight. I was like, man, I feel weird. Like, I love that guy. I should have him on. I I figured I had him on 50 times. That's why I try to be like, try to spread that stuff out, you know? He's a sweet guy. It's hard to do. Matt's the sweetest. Well, Will's sweet. Oh, they're all sweet boys. And girls. There's a girl there, too. She's sweet, too. They're all sweet. Right. We're friends. Well, they're that, our friends.
0: Thank you, Paul. Thank you for calling in and no listening problem. to the show. I hope you
1: have a good night. Brett. Talk, you too. Thanks, guys. Talk is a do-the-thing. Get us out of here. It's French fry time, baby. We do the show
0: two times a week, absolutely for free. You can find us on iTunes or any of the other podcasting apps. Street Fry Radio, search for us. We're there. Uh, you can also get bonus shows. If two is not enough, we do a bonus show once a week. It's usually Brian talking to somebody. Um, I'm, I want to do some more, but I don't have any scheduled. Uh, I have some in the works, so we are going to have more... Uh, Daryl Jenkins from the One People Project is in the works. Uh, I have some other ones, but I can't remember them right now. Uh, The ones we do have, Cushbaum, Matt Chrisman from Chapo Trap House talked to Brian on the bonus feed. Before that, Brian talked to his daughter about conspiracy theories. There's a Screamo show that I did. There's an anime show that I did. There's a lot of great shows. For just $1 a month, you can get access to the bonus feed.
1: Coming up, we have Greg, uh, Leduce, Violet. We got uh, Sean T. Collins. I got my buddy MRT, Mongo Ebooks on Twitter, who makes people very mad. and He's just somebody that's fascinating. But we got a lot of stuff coming up. And if you want to
0: create more problems you know, for the world, the best thing you can do is give us money. We only intend to get bigger and better and uh, make everything flip street fight. Turn the entire world into a street fight utopia. Uh, for $3 a month, you get access to our digital zine. That's exclusive writing from Brian and I, including Art, and also listeners to the show. It's only 3 bucks a month You know to help out us and what we do. Go to Patreon.com. There's a few options. We also offer CBD as a monthly subscription. We offer Kratom as a monthly subscription. We got it going on. We're trying to make this thing move. Uh, into that next level so someday we will be on and we want to be the next uh, Hoda Copy and Kathy Lee we want to take over the Today Show and be those people and we need uh, assistance from peop- from folks that listen to the show like you so please step it up support Street Fight put your money where your mouth is go to patreon.com streetfightradio peace
15: a love song was playing on the radio it made me kind of sad Because it made me think of you I don't wonder how you're doing But I wish I didn't care Because I gave you all I had And got the worst of you By the way I forgive you After all Maybe I should thank you you around i've been doing just fine except for any time i hear that song didn't it break your heart when you watched my smile fading did it ever cross your mind that one day the tables would be turned they told me the best revenge would be a life well in, and the strongest one that holds would be the hardest one to earn. By the way, I forgive you after all. Maybe I should thank you for giving me what I found, because without you, Suffer any time I hear that song I woke up in the morning. I was choking on some words. There were things unsaid between us. There were things you never told. That's twice you broke my heart down. The first was way back when. And to know you're still unhappy only makes it break again. By the way, I forgive. Maybe I should thank you for giving me what I found Without you around, I've been doing just fine By the way